this committee uh, updated on his uh, health uh, conditions. So I'd like to leave it at that for now, colleagues. So thank you. Uh, Minister, we, let me invite you to say, make whatever comments you may want to make at this stage. Uh, we'll start with uh, um, the quarterly uh, report uh, of the Department of Defense. That's the fourth quarterly report. Uh, once we are done with that, uh, we'll then move to the next quarterly uh, report. At which stage, I will, uh, if you still be in the meeting, invite you again uh, to just give you give us uh, your opening remarks, so that your remarks are focused on 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 on, on each uh, department as it were. Uh, I don't want colleagues to club them together, even when they deal with the discussions. I want to keep them separate because they are separate departments. <clears throat> For the first time, uh, the Department of uh, uh, military veteran, veterans, um, you know, it's uh, as a separate vote, it has its own vote, uh, its vote uh, 26, a uh, standalone vote. So it's no longer uh, on the back of the Department of Defense like it was the case uh, previously. So uh, uh, I want that our members to keep that uh, in mind that the SECDEF is no longer an accounting officer, uh, an ultimate accounting officer for, for, for both uh, departments. Uh, it's an accounting officer for the OD, while uh, General Baby is the accounting officer for the Department of, uh, Mili Department of Military Veterans. So let's keep those lines, uh, dividing lines, very clear. Uh, right. Having said that, uh, Minister, it's welcome you early in the morning. Um, I now invite you to make your opening remarks. Uh, I will just limit you, Minister, to 10 minutes. The time now is five past, uh, 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 five past nine. If there's anything you still have, you would still have wanted to say uh, and you cannot cover within 10 minutes, will then fall into the discussion time. We'll still come back. <clears throat> Thank you. Over to you, Minister. Honourable members, thank you very much for the opportunity to present this uh, quarterly report for end of 2019 uh, into 20, which is the fourth quarter. We welcome the opportunity, Chairperson. The person who will make a presentation on behalf of the department and take us through the slides. I hope everybody has received the slides from the department. The Secretary of Defense will take us through the slide. And Chair, yes, yes, Minister, we have. Thank you. I will be part of a team which will then take uh, field questions, Chair. We welcome the opportunity. We are ready. Thank you. I won't take 10 minutes of your time, not even five this time. Thank you so <laughs> much, Minister. OK. Thank you so much, I know, Minister. Chair, I know I can be long-winded. This time, <laughs> I'm disappointed. <laughs> no, 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 no. 
not not ready, not ready. You 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 are okay, Minister. Let me now invite um, the executive to take us through. Thank you so much, Minister. Thank you very much, Minister. Thank you very much, uh, Chairperson, and the honorable members of the Portfolio Committee on Defense and Military Veterans. I would like to introduce my team. I will start with the team that is at the headquarters now, Dr. Kamede, and everybody else to introduce themselves so that members of the committee know who is supporting us in the presentation of this fourth quarterly report of the Department of Defense for the year 2019-2020. Can the team please introduce ourselves? Can you, can you hear us at the Department of Defense headquarters? Morning, Sakdev. I understand they are trying to reconnect. There was an, the line went off, but they are connecting. Chairperson, I think I should go ahead. Yes, you, you, you may go ahead. They'll indicate once they have uh, succeeded in joining us. Thank you. Thanks, Dr. Thank you very much, uh, Minister, for the introduction of the report. Uh, the report, as Minister has indicated, has been circulated as the, as the slides. And what we, we, were, we have also, Chairperson, members of the committee, distributed the, the written textual a report of the of the fourth quarter of the fourth quarter as a supporting document to our slides. But for the presentation, I will be uh, limiting myself to the slides. I will not be reading the, the introductory aspects of this uh, presentation. The first aspect of it, uh, or how do we? Uh, sorry, sorry, Chairperson, about putting up the the report. I, 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 can the central team? Organizers of the meeting put up our report. Let's see our IT. Have an assist now. Okay, thanks. Sir <laughs> Jeff, are you on your on an iPad or, or what? No, no, no. I'm, I'm on the I'm on the laptop. Uh, <laughs> Sharon, there is military veterans with one, the other one, DOD. Oh, okay. Oh, you are at Hufo. Okay. okay. No, uh, no, no, no. I'm on off. Uh, I'm, I'm on a remote side. Okay. All right. Not that one, Sharon. Oh, thank you. There it is. It's, that's that one. Much. Yes. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, can we then, uh, I've already introduced uh, the structure of the presentation, which is on slide number three. And slide number four we, we, we is the introductory part, whereby we are required in terms of uh, the guidelines of the uh, National Treasury and Department of uh, uh, PME to define our report according to the legislative requirements, which we have done before. This is indicated in slide number four, in slide number five, in slide number six, and the performance report uh, will start with uh, uh, slide number eight. In slide number eight, we are doing the analysis of the DOD performance uh, indicators 
indicating that when you look at those uh, indicators, eight, 12 of them are in the ministry, 40 are in the South African National Defence Force, 23 in the Secretariat, and three of these uh, indicators are with the organs of state that are reporting to the Ministry of Defence. And we have also indicated the targets now for the, for the fourth quarter, as uh, it has been indicated in, in, in those re rest of the two circles now. <coughs> The, the circle on, on, on the top of your, on, the, on your right-hand side, basically it uh, divides the various the targets that are sitting in different programs of the GDP. Slide number nine. Yeah. Uh, can you mute, please, at the, at the headquarters? Uh, in slide number nine, the analysis, uh, we are given the analysis of the GOD targets uh, per main programs. These are the programs of uh, uh, the Department of Defense. We, you will see the, the indicators uh, and, I mean, the targets that were sent for the first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, and the fourth quarter. We are focusing on yeah, the fourth quarter. If you are on, because the PC is just started. Please mute your mic at the headquarters. Mr. Kabinda, we can hear you. The, 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 the next section of our report deals with the strategic uh, overview of, uh, of the report itself. Now, in terms of the strategic overview, as highlighted in slide number 11, uh, the, the 2015 uh, defense review still remains the main document of the Department of Defense. Here, in terms of the strategic uh, activities and directions, we are highlighting the consultations that we have had, uh, both with the Commander-in-Chief, the President of the Republic, as well as the uh, National uh, Treasury uh, Director General from time to time, and the Minister of, uh, uh, of, of Finance, as well as the Minister of uh, uh, Public Service and Administration. The implementation of the Defense Review 2015 still remains uh, our, our guiding documents and work in progress. While dealing with the strategic review on slide number 12, we look at the uh, uh, corporate human resource status has been highlighted. The, the main issue that we come up with there is that uh, uh, our cost of employees for this quarter, as it has been, for the rest of the financial year that ended uh, in March, uh, is still uh, uh, the ceiling is, is still below the requirement of the of the Department of Defense, and as a result, uh, we we have uh, acquired over expenditure in the in this section of the cost or on the cost of employees. This is uh, indicated in slide number thirteen that uh, the, the South African the Department of Defense requires the HR strength of 77,000, and that um, on average we are running on a strength of about uh, 75,000 uh, of the regular forces and the planned uh, reserve force uh, men days are those of uh, 2.693 uh, million uh, men days. And these were maintained within, within the quarter under review to execute the DOD's mandate over the, the quarter under review as well as the MTF. The DOD reduced its strength uh, during uh, the quarter under review, and uh, but from the, for, from the financial year 
of 2014, our strength has generally been reduced from 78,632 uh, to now uh, 74,000 by the end of the quarter under review, 74,096 by the 31st of March of um, this year, which constitute a reduction over these years of uh, about 4,536 uh, uh, personnel. We will go to slide uh, number 14 to begin to look at uh, corporate governance and accountability according to the standards of reporting as outlined by National Treasury and Department of, Public, uh, of Monitoring and Evaluation. We will not be going into, into details, but these are the structures within the, uh, the, the, within the Department of Defense where the Secretary, the Office of the Secretary for Defense continues to provide strategic direction uh, for, the, for the department. And this, this uh, includes the timely decision making and also our interacting, our interaction with, with other departments and, uh, and interdepartmental meetings that we have as constituted uh, that needed to be attended within the government. That include Director General's Forsyth meeting, Cabinet reporters, and, and the cluster meetings. Still within the corporate governance accountability, slide number 15. Uh, we indicating that actually when we look at this quarter, the fourth quarter of the financial year 2019-2020, which was from January to March uh, 2020, it was one of the uh, most active uh, quarters that one has uh, uh, ever uh, seen since over the past uh, almost 10 years that one has been in this office of Secretary for Defense. One of the major activities that started during that quarter has been the Department of Defense being one of the leading departments in the government's response to COVID-19. And uh, this uh, in, in, in involves the Department of Defense to be uh, uh, actively involved in support of, the, of particularly the Department of Defense, I mean the Department of Health, as well as the uh, the South African Police Services, the the COCTA for corporate governance and, uh, and 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 local government, and these activities they continue uh, up to this day. These are highlighted in slide number 15, as well as uh, in slide uh, number 14. I mean, 16, where we indicate that uh, we, the South African Defense Force had to be the leading uh, state entity in the repatriation of 114 South Africans who were uh, uh, stranded in the city of Wuhan in China because of the uh, breakup of the COVID-19 pandemic there in the Hubei province. And they had to be repatriated to South Africa and the South African Defense Force, South African Military Health Services to provide the medical care services as they were being quarantined uh, in the Libobo province uh, quarantine facility. For this, uh, the, the, the Department of Defense is also part of the socio-economic recovery plan for the country post-COVID-19 uh, uh, restrictions and lockdown. In slide number 17, we are highlighting that we, we worked as the Department of Defense in a, in a multidisciplinary team compri comprising of all the work streams of the net joints which forms 
the coordinating structure for the uh, National COVID-19 uh, Command Council in developing and consolidating a draft framework on the risk-adjusted strategy to deal with the, uh, with the virus. That is captured in slide number 17. We will, in slide number 16, we will not be going into details. We feel like uh, uh, this is being brought to the attention of the honorable members of the portfolio committee in terms of our involvement in defense uh, uh, diplomacy. Uh, for this quarter, everything went according to uh, the plans that we have had. We did not see any major deviation or any areas of concern as raised here in our defense diplomacy slide number 18 and the defense diplomacy are the slides moving in slide number 19 as well as uh, uh, when it comes to slide number 20 we are beginning to deal with the command of forces the South African National defense forces i have indicated had one of its most active period uh, during this uh, quarter under review. In support of the people uh, initiated by the previous administration as part of outcome number three, all people in South Africa are and feel safer. The South African Defense Force was uh, deployed uh, 15 companies to execute Operation Corona, which was a border safeguarding uh, de deployed in the provinces of Limpompo, Pumalanga, Wazul, Natal, Free State, Eastern Cape, Northern Cape, and North uh, and Northwest provinces. The Operation Co Corona is the maritime patrol along the west coast, uh, I mean, along the uh, uh, east coast, along the southern coast and east coast of uh, Hermanas and, and, and Hans Bay over, over this period of, um, from the 13th to the 31st of, uh, of January, uh, where it was uh, in support of the South African Maritime uh, Authority in terms of uh, uh, the ships that were seen uh, in, in that uh, area in, in, in the naval uh, fleets were called in to, to assist in that regard. Slide number 21, we look at various uh, perform, performance activities of, uh, as part of our Operation Corona, highlighting various uh, operational successes, the number of weapons that were recovered, the number of illegal foreigners that were apprehended, the number of criminals that were arrested, the stolen vehicles, the Dacha confiscated, livestock recovered, contrabands good confiscated, and various precious metals that were were, were confiscated during this quarter under, under review. Just to highlight uh, the, 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 the fact that on this border operational successes, it is interesting that we, the media is reporting over the last two days that because of the closure of our borders due to the uh, state of national disaster and COVID-19 um, uh, regulations, we have a number of Ill illegal, undocumented uh, uh, nationals stuck in Zimbabwe who are coming from other parts of Africa and the world, like from Pakistan, Ethiopia, uh, including uh, uh, Somalia and Ma Malawi, who usually would then go use, be, be, traf be, trafficked, be, be trafficked 
by the uh, illegal tra human traffickers through Zimbabwe to South Africa. Now, because the borders are totally closed, these illegal uh, migrants have been dumped by the human traffickers. They are there in Zimbabwe. Now Zimbabwe is beginning to experience a major problem, as uh, the, the media reports, because now the, 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 the illegal migrants can't get into South Africa, and some of them having to be repatriated back to their countries, others uh, having to, to be arrested and put in prison uh, in Zimbabwe. I thought that was just an, an, a, a major interesting point to say when we open up the borders, we will have to take that into account to make sure that we can tighten up the regulations of our border management before we fully open up uh, our borders post-COVID-19. Slide number 22, as part of uh, uh, the, the command of forces by the South African National Defense Force, we are highlighting the Operation Prosper. The Operation Prosper is uh, the, the operations that, that the South African Defense Force is, in, is, is engaged in in support of the safety and security support in employing, in, in employing multi-role military capabilities on request according to the prescripts of the Defense Act. And during this quarter, under review, the South African National Defense Force supported the departments of Northwest Province in, with the support of uh, water and, and sanitation. Uh, by providing infrastructure support in order to maintain essential services in various local municipalities area in the northwest. There, we also uh, uh, rendered uh, support to the South African police in controlling crime and instabilities in the Cape Flats and other uh, gangster ridden areas of the Western Cape. This operation by the South African National Defense Force was successful, uh, started on the 12th of July 2019 and continued up to the end of the quarter under review on the 31st of March uh, 2020. Slide number 23, we look at, oper at Operation uh, Chariot. Operation Chariot is uh, the operation that involves uh, the South African uh, Air Force in various disaster aid relief. During the quarter under review, we hold, the South African Air Force hosted inj an injured person in Kwasaimane in Guazulu-Natal on the 15th of January, as well as the medical evacuation of hikers that got lost and stuck in Detroit uh, Stuff Pass in the in the Western Cape on the 15th of February during the quarter under review. Other uh, operations of the South African National Defense Force during the quarter under review were not where, the, where those operations associated with Operation Arabella. Operation uh, Arabella is the operation of the Navy uh, in, in, in sea search and rescue as, uh, as requested on uh, emergency basis. And for the court under review, the Navy conducted a medical evacuation of five poisoned sailors, uh, poisoned, uh, poisoned sailors from the ship Walker Vanguard in the Devon area in January. There was also a medical evacuation of a sailor from a ship in the Devon area uh, on the 15th of February. The search and rescue for a down South African Civil Aviation uh, Authority in, in, in George uh, area uh, in January. And the search and rescue of a rubber duck boat with six occupants 
that went missing in Old Bay and near the Robben Island area on the, in February, and the search and rescue for the capsized rubber duck boat uh, with 13 sailors, uh, five nautical mines from the city of Cape Town on the 27th of February during the quarter under review. In slide number 25, in terms of Operation Ditaba, uh, Operation Ditaba uh, was the operation that I described earlier. Uh, where South Afghanistan Defense Force supported other departments and DECO and DECO as well as Department of Health to repatriate 114 South African nationals from one province to to Bologna for for the quarantine during the quarter under review. Slide number 26 uh, begins to talk to the Operation Matlela, which is the uh, the operation of the South Afghanistan Defense Force in support of the Departments of uh, Health and, co and uh, corporate governance, and, and uh, as I and traditional affairs, as I indicated, uh, for the national response to the COVID 19 uh, pandemic. And this is in support of the national effort to mitigate the spread, the spread of the coronavirus, uh, which started during the quarter under review. And with the escalation of the number of cases of the coronavirus in, in South Africa, the president took a decision to enforce a nationwide lockdown with effect from 26th of March, uh, which was extended again on the 30th of April. This decisive measure is aimed at potentially saving millions of South African lives from infections, as well as uh, the livelihoods of people uh, around the country. The South African National Defense Force is hardly involved in, in, in that regard. I think the minister will, will, will highlight other activities that, that we are doing in, as, as part of uh, fighting COVID virus, but it's not just a deployment for security and assisting the police, it's, but it's also de deployment uh, by the, of the South African Defense Force to support uh, the Department of Health, both with uh, uh, medical uh, health care providers, number of doctors, more than 100 uh, doctors and, and 150 nurses that are being deployed as we speak in different provinces, especially the hotspots to assist the Department of Health in combating uh, the scourge of this uh, virus. We are also deploying engineers to assist with uh, uh, the Department of Water and Sanitation to ensure that people have access to water because without access to water there will be no washing of hands, sanitization and other hygienic uh, 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 activities that are so crit critical in the fight against the, this virus. The number of South African Army engineers have been deployed to assist uh, the departments of water sanitation, sanitation with, with, with access to water, distributing of water tanks and the water tankers uh, in those underserviced areas. Also, we have uh, a number of um, uh, engineers that are deployed to build the Bailey bridges uh, in the in the rural area, so that the, the, the communities in rural villages can access uh, clinics, can access social grounds, can access food distribution, can access all other socio-economic uh, uh, support that they so need uh, to mediate the negative impact of the coronavirus, as well as the restrictions that have been brought about by the. Uh, by the lockdown operations. In slide number 27, uh, in terms of uh, uh, creating a better South Africa and contribution to a better world, we are highlighting that the South African National Defense Force continued 
uh, in the operation, in the peacekeeping operation of the United Nations Operation Mistral, as well as as part of Operation Copper, the South African Defense Force, the Navy in particular, continued its support to the Mozambican Defense Force in, in fighting the, 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 the piracy operations whereby the SA Drakensberg had an extended uh, long-range patrol during the quarter under review where this time it, it extended that patrol all the way north of Pemba towards the uh, Tanzania border between the month of um, February and the month of March during the period under review. Also during the period under review in slide number 28, we're highlighting that we had a successful Armed Forces Day. We are giving the details in that slide, which uh, I will not uh, read at this point in time. Now we would like to go to slide number 30, where we are beginning to look at the selected performance indicators and the targets that we set ourselves and as to how far we went in achieving those targets during the quarter under review. We met the target for the Defense Attaché Deployment Offices. We also uh, targeted for this year under review to have 3,510 military skills development members in the system for this year. We were able to achieve that, and there were 3,761 uh, military skills mm -hmm. development. Just, just to highlight that this, we set ourselves 3,000 uh, simply because of the limitation in our budget. We do require to have 10,000 uh, at any given point in time military skills development members, but then we have cut it from 10,000 over the last five years to 5,000 and now to, to 3,000 because of the limited uh, budget that we have. So we just highlight that we, although we say we met the target, it, it is a reduced target due to reduced uh, allocation of budget. It is not an adequate uh, uh, target according to the requirements of the South African National Defense Force. And the number of reserve force main days were also met, and the percentage compliance with the Southern African Development Community standby force. As far as standby force of SADC is concerned, the South African National Defense Force has pledged, committed to support the logistic hub, which is in Khaberoni, uh, for, 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 the, for the standby force. And in this regards, we then contribute almost about members of the portfolio committee about 12 million rands a year, but also in personnel in support of the logistic hub of the South African uh, uh, development community countries standby force uh, pledge. When it comes to the percentage of both external and uh, internal operations, as highlighted in slide number 30 and slide number 31, those commitments that we made were all met. Still in slide number 30, uh, 31, uh, a number of uh, joint interdepartmental, interagency, inter multinational military exercises that were committed to, only committed to one, and that was because of the reduced budget. Uh, one military exercise and that was conducted uh, during the quarter under review.
the, the deployment of the South African National Defense Force companies along our borders, part of our border safeguarding uh, uh, indicator. Uh, we, we continued to deploy 50 companies as per our budget, although we know that uh, what is required is more than 15 companies. Uh, our last estimate was 22 companies to efficiently and effectively make sure that our border is adequately safeguarded. The number of hours flown by the South African Air Force, I think we had the best results in a number of years whereby the, uh, we met 94% uh, of the targets that we sent in terms of the number of hours that were flown. But we did not uh, meet the target at all for the Navy in terms of number of hours at sea per year. We only met 66%. So that in itself has a, a major uh, negative impact in terms of the protection of our uh, ocean resources as, uh, as well as uh, uh, maritime uh, security around our coastal uh, areas in the Indian as well as in the Atlantic Ocean. In the, in the next slides, number, slide number 32, we put into breakdown of those uh, number of hours for the South African Air Force in terms of number of hours that was in the targets for force employment, VVIP, and force preparations. As, as I indicated, 94% was uh, the, the best uh, achievement that we have had in a, in a number of years if you compare to the year before where uh, only 71% of the targets were, were met. The slide number 33 is the breakdown now of the number of hours at sea per year. As you can see, uh, we have not made any, we have not made much progress. Uh, 1718, we were at half, 50%. Financial year 1819, we went to 64. And now, uh, for this financial year underreported, we only went up to 66. So we are still uh, way below the targets that we need to meet in order to make sure that uh, we have uh, an efficient, effective maritime security and defense of our maritime uh, resources, honorable members and chairperson. The next section of our performance uh, report, uh, we summarize in slide number 35, the, the number of targets that were achieved and the number of targets not achieved quarter by quarter from the first quarter as well as the second, third quarter, fourth quarter, which is the quarter under review. Since the fourth quarter is the last quarter of the financial year, we look at also year-to-date status, whereby the targets that were achieved were 72%, and the targets that were not achieved, we have a typo there, where we say 23%. Number of tag, uh, no, percentage not achieved is not 23%, but it is 28% uh, for correction, honorable members, apologies for that mistake, in slide number 35. The next section of our DOD fourth quarter report is the section that deals with the financial performance information. Without going reading uh, line by line, we highlight uh, the, the major areas where we would like to draw the attention of the members of the portfolio committee. Starting with slide 
number 37, where we are highlighting that since this was the fourth quarter, the last quarter of the financial year, uh, the budget, slide number 37, the budget that was allocated to the Department of Defense uh, for this budget vote, which was uh, 50 billion 888, and then the expenditure was about 50 billion 886, and uh, the, un, uh, the unspent amount was uh, 1.425 million, was about uh, 1 million. So we did spend all the money that was allocated to the Department of Defense up to a point of 99.98%. The only money amount that will be returned to Treasury then will be about 1 million, 1.5 million. The breakdown of the expenditure for this uh, a quarter as well as the financial year to date is highlighted in slide number 38 for the members uh, to, to, to look into. It should be noted that these are not uh, audited uh, uh, figures and that the suspense account uh, are not yet uh, finalized and uh, the, the actual expenditure and the, and the appropriation statement might change accordingly as we finalize the, the suspense uh, accounts and as we uh, audit uh, these uh, financial uh, figures that are highlighted in the summary of state of expenditure in slide number 38. Slide number 39 breaks down that expenditure according to the economic uh, classification and uh, the suspense accounts are also not yet added in the in slide number 40, we are highlighting that uh, for the compensation of expenditure, I mean for the compensation of employees, we had uh, an over-expenditure of 2.6 billion rand. That was mainly due to the national treasury allocation. And because we have an over-expenditure, which is uh, uh, classified by national treasury as irregular expenditure on the cost of employees, as highlighted in these slides, number 40. Uh, in slide number 41, you will see then that you have under-expenditure in the goods and services. Simply means that monies for the goods and services were moved from the goods and services into the cost of, uh, of employees, as highlighted in that slide of number uh, 41. The next slide is the slide of uh, irregular expenditure, and we are highlighting for the members that we we had for the, for this uh, uh, financial year and now and an irregular uh, expenditure which uh, 2.6 billion rand for this uh, financial year was uh, due to the cost of employees as we have already uh, indicated. And the non-compliance with the supply chain prescripts was 169 million, 169 rands. We just want to highlight that this is still an area of concern in the Department of uh, of uh, Defense. We are dealing with all our uh, under irregular expenditures uh, as required by the prescripts. And in this regard, uh, investigations have been. Uh, uh, instituted and that uh, in order to identify the officials responsible so that we can have consequence management uh, and where required 
and also where indicated we can have a, a condonment of some of this uh, uh, irregular expenditure because irregular expenditure in the eyes of the public is wasteful expenditure but in reality this irregular expenditure did did not result to say uh, uh, wasteful to the department because services were rendered uh, for these uh, contracts but it's that the contract when it was uh, uh, allocated it did not follow all the prescripts of uh, regulation some of it we still engage in discussions with the national treasury in terms of interpretation uh, of the department of defense of uh, the processes following and the differences that might exist between the Department of Defense and the National Treasury. I mean, and the Water General and the National Treasury is looking into that to see which ones are condoned and which ones are to be declared irregular and where should we have a consequence management. This is indicated in slide. But just to highlight, the year before, the irregular expenditure was 722 million. And for the year under review, we have brought it down from 722 million to 169 million. Most of that due to engagement with national treasury in terms of different interpretation of these prescripts as well as condonment of some of the uh, interpretation where it is found that uh, uh, there was no official to be responsible. In slide number 43, we give the breakdown of those irregular expenditure. Which contracts were these? This were the asset verification contract. As I said, the, the service providers are on site providing that service, but there was question in terms of how that contract was was procured. The South African Navy spare parts and storage contract, whereby uh, uh, there's still some engagement with the National Treasury to see whether this can be condoned because of different interpretation, where you, the, the Navy buys the spare parts and then the spare parts remains with the service provider instead of coming to, uh, to to the Navy in terms of the arrangements that, that were made that resulted in questionable irregular expenditure of uh, 19 million, as well as the procurement of ICT services. Although the procurement services followed the, 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 the DOD, it was felt that for ICT services, we have to, to should have gotten concurrence for the Ministry of Public Service and Administration before uh, that contract was approved, and this is irregular expenditure as highlighted for both 17, 18, and 18, and the financial year 18, 19. So it was in the previous years. The total life uh, uh, contract, um, total life support uh, contract management uh, is highlighted here. That was in 2018, 19, and but also uh, uh, had still still need to be uh, regularized in, in, in 1920. That's why it's the previous year, but it's highlighted in this uh, current financial year because it has not yet been regularized. And the same thing for the, uh, for the licenses. These were the Microsoft licenses that were uh, obtained uh, through uh, third party and the question whether it should not have been obtained directly from Microsoft and uh, the investigations in that regard are going on, and that contract investigation is with the ICU, as the minister had requested. That will be the end of the presentation for this quarter report, and thank you very much, Chairperson, Honorable Members of the Committee, and, 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 and the Minister. Thank you so much, uh, for the 
the brief overview and uh, taking us through um, <clears throat> all the essential areas, uh, overview on the uh, performance against the, on the implementation of the 2015 uh, defense uh, review. Uh, you have given us uh, overview on the various uh, operations within the department. You have also taken us through the <coughs> selected uh, indicators and, and, and targets, and uh, right through to the quarterly the summary of the quarterly uh, performance. And then uh, at the end, it's uh, it's you, you touched on the, the irregular expenditure. Colleagues, um, having um, received that briefing, thank you very much, uh, Sector. I welcome everyone else. Um, Sector, do you still want to complete the, the introductions? I can see your colleagues in, 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 in at head office uh, so that I know who's in the meeting. Before yes, I, I think that would be important because they will also be assisting uh, with answering the difficult questions that the members will be posing. I told them that there is no free lunch at the defense. But would you please, Dr. Kamete, lead uh, the, the introduction on your side, everybody introduce themselves? And uh, thank you, members. Good morning. I'm Dr. Tobini Lepamedi, Chief of Defense for the Strategy and Planning. And I'll allow my the members on my left to introduce themselves. Thank you, General. Good morning, Chairperson, Honorable Members, Major General Aaron Swana, Chief of Military Police Strategy and Planning. Morning, Chairperson. Uh, Chief Director, Director. Morning, uh, Honorable Members. Chief Director, Chief Director, Chief Director. Morning, Chairperson and Honorable Members. Uh, my name is the P.S. Okela, the Chief Financial Officer for the Department. Morning, my name is Reggie Maremi, KFO, DOT. Good morning, everybody. Karim Fandila, Director, Emily. Good morning, members and members. Chief Director, Financial Services. Good morning, Chairperson and Honorable Members. My name is Dixon Sobramani, Acting Chief Director, Strategic Management. I think that completes the introductions on your part, Sector. Yes, thank you very much, uh, uh, Honorable uh, uh, Chairperson, members of the Portfolio Committee. That it completes the introduction of the members of the team who will be assisting us this morning. Thank you so much. Colleagues, I don't see your your, your hands uh, on the screen. Um, all right. Uh, any other? I don't see the hand. I can see Marie. Marie, you, can't, you still cannot uh, unable to press the thing there to use the technology. Hey, Mateo. The thing, the thing. You know, I I don't know about the thing, uh, <laughs> but yes, I I'm a bit. Uh, 
Okay, all right, I can see that. Uh, all right, Mr. Mara is the first one. Any other colleagues? Any other taker? Uh, questions and uh, comments? Uh, Mara, you go, you, you go first. I invite you. Yeah. Thank you very much, Chair. Much appreciated. Thank you, Sekdev, uh, for the presentation. Um, uh, Chair, just before I start with, with my observations and questions, I just want to say that um, my suggestion is that in the future we must have these two separate sessions. I mean, for DOD, we probably need a whole three-hour session and not just pushed into, into one hour or one and a half hour. Uh, there's just too many things that is of challenge in, in the department. But, but saying that, just my, my, my first um, point is, is uh, cost of employees. Um, SECDEF will remember and recall that in the fifth parliament, for a number of years, the uh, overspent on, on cost of employees was funded by reducing the SDA, a problem that we are sitting now in terms of funding our capital expenditure. So, so that was a, a problem that is now caught up with us. Um, my question on the, on the overspent is that we are uh, constantly getting this conflict of, of situation where National Treasury again says, you know, that we have to get back uh, within the limits and DOD says, sorry, we are sticking to 75,000, uh, we need more money. Now, my question with regards to the a re reduction of the goods and services. Um, we obviously need to know, SECDEF, what those um, goods and services are. If it has been funded through, through uh, uh, austerity measures and cost-cutting uh, and reprioritization, why, why is that now um, uh, affordable and justifiable, and why was that not in the past? Um, being implemented when we were talking about that and we were been National Treasury uh, asked to do that uh, and it was then told, told to us that no, it cannot be done, but now it is done. How, how, how does that affect the, the, the performance and the, and the defence readiness of the Defence Force? That's my first point. Then secondly, with regards to just the importance of, of uh, op, uh, Notlela, COVID-19, one, one thing that you haven't touched on uh, that I do believe that we as a, as a portfolio committee must consider, and that is our own soldiers, our own members who have been employed throughout South Africa as part of this operation. Now, they are exposed to the COVID-19 uh, virus as well. And we know that there are some soldiers who have been tested positive. But we know that they are housed currently in, in, often in hangars. If I can use the example just in the Western Cape, they are housed at, at Forty Carpa, where most are living in hangars as huge groups. Now, we also know, and you will know, that there are soldiers that have been tested positive. But all of the whole group must now be quarantined. And that has got a major effect of exposure to the unaffected uh, soldiers at this stage in that same hangar, also in terms of the employment um, numbers available for, for, for the service in, in, in all the different areas. Now, my question is, 
Why don't we, uh, or to what extent are you providing for those soldiers in two military hospital, the field hospital that was supposed to be erected on the premises of, of two military hospital, um, the, the, the other field hospitals that have been provided in the different provinces like the Western Cape, we know, and also we know at, um, at, at, at the, the um, Youngsfield military base, there are tents. There are tents that have been provided for, for, for civilians to, to probably house there. But why don't we use that for our own soldiers? I mean, they are, they are sacrificing a lot. And it seems like we are not really looking after them. And I'm really, really concerned because then the whole purpose falls flat to use them. Then uh, my other question on this on the um, SDA, it has again now been been uh, shown to us how we have reduced that over the last number of years. Now, obviously, uh, we have identified that as an as an as a point, and and uh, you know we must we must discuss that further. On the 2015 defence review, you are referring again to that working progress. Um, uh, Segdev, you know in the fifth parliament how many times we have asked questions on this. And the, the only answer we are always getting, it's work in progress. We also know what National Treasury has said to us. We know in the previous session last week, we have said that this is unachievable, this is unaffordable. Um, uh, pardon me, but I'm, I'm, I get very frustrated if, if it's the same response every single time it's work in progress, but we know that it is unaffordable, unachievable. What is the alternative? When do we start to look at, at, at changes to the to the defence review? On of Mistral, um, I have I've read uh, the last week or so where there was reports about the minister meeting with with the UN, specifically with regards to Oryx Rayfog. Um, our force uh, intervention brigade um, component, um, and we need to know where we stand with regards to to uh, the RAFOC specifically and the refunds. In in your presentation, you have referred to the involvement earlier this year with regards to those contracts, but we also read that the that the UN is not keen to uh, extend the contracts with regards to the RAFOC. And I have read that they are talking about a, a $1 or a $0 compensation for the use of the RAFOC. What is the impact of that on, on the refunds and obviously on the cost for, for the defense, uh, defense force and our budget going forward? On, the, on defense diplomacy, um, can you give us you know, the, the, the justification for those additional uh, uh, you know, contract that has been signed for those various countries that you have referred to in your presentation. And then the, the uh, defense attaches. We've got currently 44 defense attaches, and we know that's a huge cost to the defense uh, force. Uh, and I just want to know the value that we are getting from that. And do we use them when there ever there's uh, end user certificate inspections uh, in, in that regard? In terms of Operation Copper, um, we have also uh, seen and heard last uh, week or so about possible ISIS um, conf conflicts that is um, erupted in the north of Mozambique. And I think the minister of Derko 
has indicated that there was a um, request from Mozambique to South Africa for support. Um, and, and I mean, you and I know that there are uh, um, um, groups of our, our special forces being, you know, uh, moved up north to Durban for, for, for exercises and training and possible deployment into Mozambique for that purpose. Can you elaborate on that uh, and, and just please assist out on, on that? The other important thing is the flying hours and the sea hours, the maritime hours that you have referred to. Um, I mean, that is of, of a concern. Is that the result of the SDA money not being available? Or what other reasons are there? Because certainly it seems like in terms of flying hours, the VIP hours has been fully utilized, but forced preparation and forced employment as obviously the flying hours that we haven't reached. And in terms of maritime sea hours, it is forced preparation and employment. So, so is it the effect of the SDA? How are we going to mitigate that? What is happening currently with the midlife upgrades of the frigates and the submarines? And how will that affect us? Then just lastly, from my side, on the, on the uh, irregular expenditure, you've referred to um, the time as at 31st of March, and then for the financial year 2019-2020, and we know that the financial year ended at, uh, on 31st of March 2020. Those differences in those two uh, uh, figures, is that one only for the quarter, uh, and the other one for the financial year, uh, accumulated over the financial year? And if you could just uh, um, explain that to us. Chairperson, for the moment, that is from my side. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Sektaf. Uh, you, you may come in before I recognize the other colleagues. May, may I invite the, the colleague, colleagues to use the technology? technology? Um, like on your right, you can go to, I don't know where you go, where you indicate you raise your hand. Um, if you can't, I will still ask you to shout your, your surname. But before, before that would be after the sector has responded. Sector? Sure. I'll, I'll come to Marie after sector. Sector? Thank, thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chairperson. I will ask uh, the CFO uh, to, to look into just uh, taking us through the uh, the ceiling on the cost of uh, employees, the overspend, and the negative impact that this has when we have to move funds from goods and services or SDA into into the cost of employees. And uh, in that regard, I think I will invite the CFO and and the assist. Uh, I will ask. I will also just uh, uh, re request, Honourable Chairperson, that uh, some of the questions raised by Honourable Mare, I understand the the reason raised, but they are operational questions that in our uh, defence are, are defined as indicators that are, are classified, such as operations for the special forces and uh, other operations that. Uh, the South African Defense might be involved in. Maybe the chair can make arrangement that it is uh, discussed under under closed doors, as according to the parliamentary 
uh, rules and and regulations. Uh, the COVID-19, just to assure the members and the minister, I think, will be coming in there, that we do look after our members first. The priority in COVID-19 is the safety and the health of so the minister coming uh, when the, if the I'm sorry to delegate upwards, but I thought it is important for the minister to to uh, to, to come in that regard for the exposure of soldiers to COVID-19 and our operations in that regard. Then going straight to the defense review 2015, Honorable Mara, you are right. We have gone this. Uh, the milestones and that uh, we, we do say work in progress, but I think it's uh, it will, it's reasonable. I will ask uh, uh, Dr. G and uh, General Amazona just to talk on terms of the implementation of the defense review in a regard that wherever there is no requirement for additional uh, funding, we have implement we are in the process of implementing. Uh, this defense review, but in terms of uh, why don't we, if we if we can't afford it, why don't we change it then? It's because it was based on the requirements of the country. We want the members of Portfolio Committee of Parliament on Defense and Military Veterans to be aware that by uh, not sub, uh, funding, by not mobilizing for funds for the implementation of the defense review, we are putting our country as a whole uh, in danger, if I can use the word in danger. Uh, I think people will say that when you find yourself in a situation like uh, in Mozambique and you, 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 you think about how, what capabilities the defense force in Mozambique had and how when uh, uh, the peace uh, start, uh, came in, returned to Mozambique and the signing of uh, 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 the peace negotiations uh, con uh, agreements between the Mozambique and uh, and, and and the other uh, uh, forces in that in that country, everybody felt Mozambique is at peace, no need for defense equipment. And now, as Honorable Mare comes and say Mozambique comes to South Africa to request for support, I hope we won't find ourselves in a situation whereby we neglect the Defense Review 2015. We scale it down out and say it, it's not affordable. We let's change it and, and and then when the time comes, years from today, we have to go to Angola to ask for assistance because we can the, our own defense force can no longer defend South Africa. I hope we won't come to that, and that's why we're going to change the requirements of the Defense Review 2015 because the country requires unless if. Um, the parliament, which is within the authority of the parliament, to say, no, 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 we don't need defense review. If you say you don't need defense review 2050, but this parliament approved, adopted the defense review 2015, and this parliament said we need this defense review. So why would this parliament come to us again and say we must change it? What has changed? Uh, I'm sorry, I'm emotional a little bit, but let me take a, a deep breath. Uh, we, we do, Honorable Mare, have a challenge when 
with Operation Mistral in the DRC. A minister has been leading a delegation uh, to the United Nations peacekeeping uh, uh, offices. And I think we have made a little bit of progress under difficult conditions. What's happening is that the United Nations says we don't have funds to keep the Roy Falk uh, uh, operating in the DRC. And the position of the uh, South African uh, contingent, the Jersey, and the position of the South African government is that you can't have troops deployed in the Jersey without proper protection. It will be difficult to deploy young women in the Jersey. So there's, there's disruption uh, in the background. Uh, I can see a person with the number 076-228-4773 has his or her mic uh, uh, unmuted. Uh, will you please mute your mic? Uh, I'm not too sure if the noise comes from this cell number. Uh, all right, you may continue, Sir Def. And anyone who, who, please, can you check your mic? Establish if, establish it if it is uh, muted, so that um, we cannot be disrupted. Over to you, uh, Sector. So what you find is that uh, the the United Nations would, according to the letter of assist, give you a budget to totally run the equipment. So we know the reinvestment as far as deployment of troops, there will be no issues. And then when it comes to the equipment, they will give you a total budget. Let me make an example. They would say, uh, you will deploy the, the two rail files. We will pay you 100 rands uh, a month uh, for, the, for, for this deployment. Here is an agreement. And please make it available according to this schedule. Now, when you, go, when you say, you said, and now they are saying, no, we're no longer going to pay you 100 rand a month because we don't have the money. And then now we are negotiating to say, but we can't withdraw the we can't withdraw the the rifle because our troops will be exposed. We will keep our troops there on a dollar-based agreement. Dollar-based agreement simply means we keep our rifle there, and we get reimbursed for the cost. So when when we when we fly. We, we calculate the fuel, we calculate the, the, the maintenance, and we go to the United Nations and say, we have rendered you this service. Please pay us a fee for this service that we have rendered you. It's no longer a, a, a letter of assist a, a, a compact agreement. Now it's a dollar base. So we, we, the United Nations will pay us dollar by dollar that we spent and we must prove that we have spent that amount. So that's what it is, Honorable Mare. This is still under, under uh, negotiations with the, with the United Nations, but there's a clear understanding that we are not withdrawing the Royal Falk there because it will uh, uh, affect our, uh, the deployment of our troops. Then when it comes to the use of um, uh, the attaches that are deployed, as you know, they're, they're deployed as part of uh, uh, first the South African diplomacy, but also as part of our uh, military diplomacy. And the, 
the the, the impact. I, I think uh, the impact that they have, first of all, is the uh, is part is to support the the the, the department the, the, the government in terms of its uh, international uh, uh, diplomacy with all the activities that were they're involved in. Yes, they do assist with the end user certificate as well, but they are there to promote the Department of Defense. They are there to promote the country as well. And as 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 you would know, quantitatively, it's hard to say we are we are getting so much for the dollars we spent uh, on the on the defense. But it is part of our international relations and our defense uh, uh, military uh, diplomacy that we have. That is important uh, for, for the country uh, to have, but it's true that we do have challenges as far as the financials are, are concerned. And yes, it is true that when it comes to, to the flying hours, I mean, to, especially to the hours at sea, one of the reasons why we were not able to meet the target is because of uh, the, the, the pressure that we find in our budget as well as uh, the, the utilization of the SDA sometimes to assist with covering the, the cost of employee. The irregular expenditures that are they know they are not for the court under review. The irregular expenditures are always calculated in terms of, uh, of financial year, but uh, of year to date. But even then also, it's not just year to date, they also include those that were accumulated in the previous year until they have been uh, condoned by the uh, by the department uh, i mean by the department of national treasury can i ask uh, the cfo to come in so that the minister can come in also uh, to, to, to 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 conclude our our response uh, cfo in terms of um, the overspending on the compensation of employees. If we go back uh, on the 2017-2018 financial year, the National Treasury reduced the ceiling of uh, the compensation of employees uh, to 60-something uh, thousand of people. But the department already had people on the ground of about 74 and above. Now, what does that mean? The budget that National Treasury allocated to the department was according to the ceiling that they set, which is, was lower than the amount of people that we are having on the system. Definitely, that one led to the, to, to the shortage of the budget on the compensation of employees. Because the department had an obligation with the employees, we had to find the way how we're going to find how we're going to pay those salaries, of which we have to find the, through, the, uh, through the goods and services. We, we needed to make sure that uh, we understand on the goods and services in order to find the, the compensation of employees because we got an obligation that we need to honor to our employees. Chairperson, if we did not take that road, it means the department was uh, going to trench. The question that uh, one needed to ask ourselves, the government does it said we need to retrench the people? Because if you said the, the city lower down, 
what what are you saying about the people that are already in the system? That is the challenge as department that we are having because we've already had the people in this in, in, in our establishment. So that's why we choose to say let's try to save either the goods and services in order to fund the the, the compensation of employees. Why we were doing that chairperson? We were engaged, we are still engaging with national Sundari on a continuous basis to prove that those people that uh, are on the foot on the ground, we still need them as a uh, as a department. So we are that engagement is still continuous, Chairperson. Thank you. Uh, so much. Uh, that covers some of the questions. In fact, the majority of the questions. I know the minister uh, is indicated to also make a, a comment on this. May, may I acknowledge uh, the presence of the DM as well? Uh, he was held up at a, a cabinet uh, subcommittee meeting, DM, isn't it? Yes, uh, you, you, you are welcome. He uh, started uh, at cabinet uh, subcommittee. Now, with that, thank let you. me... Thank you so much, dear. With that, let me invite the minister. Minister, do you want to say uh, one or two remarks on the COVID uh, issue? And uh, without going to town... Thank you very much, uh... Chairperson, honourable members, I've noted the question raised by Honourable Murray with regards to our state of preparedness for COVID-19. I can assure you, honourable members, that currently what we have is total beds for quarantine 3,000 271 that was at um, I'm just trying to check the date that was of the 25th by now we should be having more but I equally would like to say yes honorable members we have had uh, members on quarantine We've also had members who have been a quite number, a big number of members who have been tested. And that, as you know, yes, we would have uh, those who are positive, very few. But uh, it is not in our interest to disclose such numbers. But what we have observed is that the rate of recovery of those who have tested positive is at 90%. We have not as yet had deaths, except for, no, we have, except for elderly military veterans who were retired in the Defense Force some years ago. Those are the ones we have lost. But in the reserve force, in the auxiliary force currently, which has been mobilized in the in the regular force, would not had that honorable members. But I want to make an appeal, Chairperson, to you. 
that whenever honorable members find an opportunity in the provinces where they are, honorable members have a right to go into the bases nearer to them just to check our state of readiness because that will serve as a, you will enhance our our process of uh, probing and, and let us know if you are hitting problems. I see, Chair, you are scratching your head as though you are saying you're not sure about that one, but it has to be done and okay. we can only we can only depend on you for purposes of oversight yeah. so we can correct whatever. But what we have now, the army, I don't know, I can break it according to the units, but what we will do, Chair, the document which I have, I can always forward it to you so that you can distribute to the honorable members. But each one of the units, be it army, the Navy, SEMS, and uh, Air Force, they are quite prepared. Yes, Honorable Mare, you raised the matter of a field hospital. There's a field hospital on, on two men, in two men. But equally, there's another field hospital which is currently being erected in Saldana on a field which we identified last week which is likely to take about a thousand beds. That's going to be a quarantine site. For now, we have no crisis whatsoever. For now, our soldiers are well taken care of. Those who have tested positive, we're fortunate because most of those who have tested positive are, are, are what, what you say, Doc, asymptomatic, will not as yet have prepared people who are very sick, Chairperson. Lastly, Chair, the method of the attaches, 44 attaches, just to say, Chairperson and Honorable Members, there's currently a process underway from the Department of International Relations, uh, which will soon be brought to Cabinet, where we'll be able to make an input about rationalizing the numbers of uh, diplomatic offices, our embassies, and uh, with the sole intention, of course, of, of downsizing. And yes, during the course of that, the Defence Force will also be in a position to take decisions about reductions in that space. We have no choice but to do so. There is no money to sustain all the embassies currently. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, Minister. Uh, for and thank you, Secretary and the CFO. May I now recognize Ms. Pickers and uh, Mr. Ryder. Uh, Ms. Pickers and then Mr. Ryder, uh, in that order, please. Thank you, Chair. Can you hear me? Yes, uh, you are loud and clear. Yes, I'm struggling with the raising of the hand, Chair. I don't know what is wrong. But yes, thank you, Chair. Most of you. Sorry? I'm saying most of you are struggling. Okay, thank you, Chair. Yes. Chair, mine yes. is uh, on the status of the uh, deployment to the Northern Cape to assist in COVID-19. Are there any maritime security deployed, but also to strengthen the border safeguarding? The reason, Chair, why I'm asking, I'm concerned about the spread of the virus because we do have the sea in the mouth. And our communities uh, ask a lot of questions about the fisher boats there. There was, uh, for example, a case in Kamisberg 
of endangered succulent plants at the coastline of Kamisberg. And the police was just lucky to be there at the right time at the right place. But also the smuggling of cigarettes uh, over the border of Namibia. And it strengthened the danger of infections to increase. So I just want to ask, is there a possibility to look into strengthening the deployment, if possible? Thank you, Chair. Uh, thank you so much, Ms. Speakers. Uh, Mr. Ryder. Thank you very much, Chair. Um, I think we'll all struggle with the hand because it's been disabled or, or, or the license doesn't extend to cover the, the raising of the hand. But anyway, thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate it. And once again, thank you for the invitation to join the meeting. Um, Chairperson, I, I just want to clarify a little bit. There's, the comments from the presentation said that there were 77,000 uh, require, people required uh, in order to fill the organic gram. Uh, there was a reduction from 78,000 to 74,000, and I'm just running the numbers off to the closest thousand um, for ease of reference, but there was a reduction to 74,000, which is well below the 77,000 required, and yet there's still over-expenditure of 2.6 billion rand. Now, noting, of course, that the, um, the Chief of the Air Force and the Chief of the Navy both made presentations uh, where they were indicating that they needed additional funding in order to keep the equipment up and running at the service. They needed approximately a billion rand. So I just want to keep that in the back, back, back of the minds as, as a question. The answer of seventy-seven thousand, but it appears, and of course, Mr. Murray and the sector have a history of of, of discussing this, and they, the, the rest of us might be slightly left out. But it appears that those seventy-seven thousand positions are not entirely funded. So Treasury has not uh, funded all seventy-seven thousand. If that's not the case, and there seems to be a misalignment of the organigram or or, or, or non-adherence to it, but the fact is that. The sector indicated that, that that by not filling the positions, we're putting South Africa at risk. Okay, but by not keeping our equipment at a satisfactory standard, we're also putting South Africa at risk. So, what what the sector is effectively telling us is that he has put forward a an organigram. Treasury has not funded the organigram, but they've pushed ahead with it anyway, or they continue to adhere to an uh, an old organigram anyway, without a strategy to fix this situation going forward. So I'd like to hear from the sector, you know, are, are we going to end up with a funded organigram? I believe it's illegal not to have a funded organigram um, going forward. But uh, it's, it, it is important to hear what, 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 what the department's position is going to be on this organigram going forward. Because if we're going to sit with an unfunded organigram uh, into the future, it's highly problematic and, and, and something that we as a portfolio committee um, need to raise a red flag to. So I'd like a lot more clarity in terms of that, that over-expenditure um, and, 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 you know, on what basis is, is, is over-expenditure on, on, on human resources uh, prioritized above over-expenditure on, on equipment resources. I understand that people are involved and so on, but there must be a strategy to reduce the force if that's the situation. I mean, we've already seen people being deployed recently. Um, 
with 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 nuclear brand equipment uh, um, under the the the, the recent deployment of forces, and uh, that equipment must be at least sixteen years old that the guys are walking around in. You know, is it still safe? The next question I have, and of course the uh, uh, the COVID nineteen employment of forces was was, was only after the, um, the the quarter foreclosed, I believe, uh, on the twenty first of April. We received the letter from the. Uh, President, uh, which spoke about the additional 73,180 uh, members that were employed. If I can just ask how many boots are actually on the ground, if, if we can get an indication of, of, of how many people have been on the ground um, through uh, level four um, and now going into level three, especially with the uh, reduction of the um, or, or the removal of the curfew. Um, how many people are still required on the ground um, going forward under level three and how many were employed under level four? And then again, the I, I want to ask about the, the sea hours issue. Um, food security is becoming a massive issue worldwide, um, specifically as a result of the impact of the, uh, um, of the virus uh, and, of course, the... Um, um, the economic impact of that. So food security is becoming a massive issue and uh, we've seen a lot of abuse of our fishing resources um, and, and people entering into um, South African waters apparently at night. They're sitting just outside in international waters during the day and then at night apparently they enter our, our areas. Um, is there a plan to increase the sea hours to ensure that we are protecting our resources uh, with a view to um, consistently ensuring food security going forward? Chairperson, I thank you for the opportunity. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, Sigdef, uh, over to you. Chairperson. I'm going to ask General uh, Amatswana to prepare a, a response for the deployment uh, in, the, in the Northern Cape, which is, I think is very important, as well as to assist the session of um, Honorable uh, Ryder in terms of uh, uh, boots on the ground. Honorable Ryder, I would say that might be also difficult because, as you can imagine, we don't have uh, the constant number all the time. If you think about this, the troops are being deployed from the bases where they are. So as I speak now, and next to the base uh, that we, we have uh, there in, uh, in Johannesburg, you would have this, uh, uh, these platoons being out on deployment day, coming to rest, and then the following day, another platoon. But uh, under normal circumstances, they are still uh, based in their, in their military facilities. Of course, in addition to that, you'd have those who might be moved from one province to another depending on their requirement. So it's a little bit challenging, but I think it's an important question, and I think we, we do need, if General Amazonas is not ready, I'll be happy to, to request the chairperson to give us time so that uh, we can account to the uh, Portfolio Committee and Parliament in terms of deployment by the Constitution. Uh, I said, Mr. Ramazona will deal with that as well as the uh, Honorable uh, Bjorka's question on, uh, on Northern Cape, which is, I think is also important. Honorable, let us take it through a little bit on the personnel and the cost of employees. 
The, the challenge started in 2016. Uh, 2016 uh, the, before 2016, we were able to have uh, the required strength in our in our force. Yes, uh, fluctuating from time to time, and the required budget with a with the cost of employees adequately covered. In 2016, the government took a decision that we are going to cut the wage bill. And that wage bill uh, went across to affected different departments, but for the Defense Force, they said they would cut a wage bill by 3 billion rands every year for the next three years MTSF period, starting in 2016. Uh, that three year, of course, was 2019, and now we continue with it every three years. You have that shortage of three billion pounds, and it's almost never changed. Even from 2016, 2017, our over is always about three billion. Now, when we do the calculation of it, we are saying that in order to fit in that cost of employees, you need to have sixty-five thousand. If I was saying to uh, Honorable Bjorkas, or I mean, Honorable Ryder, Honorable Ryder uh, I'm giving you so much amount, H hire your people, uh, have your, uh, your, your personal strength to this amount, you will then say to me, okay, I'm going to cut down to 65,000. Then I'll be within the, the ceiling that I have provided to you. So the question is, how do you do that? How do you cut from how how, how do you cut the defense force to sixty five thousand? So these are the discussions that we, we we can engage, but at the same time knowing very well that the required strength is seventy five thousand, we need to cut ten thousand on the average to sixty five thousand. How do you do that? Do you do you do me do, do do you then go and, and do retrenchment and ask the government? We even ask that question to national treasury and ask the question to the public service and administration and they couldn't when you say okay now 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 i'm ready i want to comply how do i cut from 75,000 to 65,000 and beside on the on the other side the chief of the south african defense force says hey self deaf you can't cut 65,000 otherwise you, you you will have an answer statement on the one side the government is increasing the missions we have to go to to the maritime security, you have to go to the borders, you have to go, you still need more people in the borders, we still need people to be deployed in peacekeeping operations, now you have COVID, you still need uh, to, to assist the various departments, and you want me to cut down to 65,000, how am I going to do that when you're increasing the missions on the other side? So, I mean, say, okay, no, 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 I'm not, I agree with you, Chief, I'm not going to, the Israeli makes no sense to cut to 65,000 because we won't be able to meet our commitments. So there's the kind of argument that we're in up to now. All I would say is that uh, to meet, uh, we have done the calculations uh, with the cost of, uh, with the ceiling that we have, you can only afford 65,000. And right now we're running around 75,000. It's, it's uh, uh, we need the, the, the portfolio committee to assist us. I, I remember at one stage I was saying to Honorable Mare, Honorable Mare, if I make you Secretary of Defense today, what, what would you do if you're in my position? with this issue. So that's the kind of issues that uh, uh, we are facing. Thanks very much, uh, General Manson.
general. But I did hear, I think, the question from Honorable Gekes that was asked with regards to the Northern Cape. I think I did get the one with regards to the flight hours. So the audio this side has not been very good. But just to say, uh, Honorable Chairperson, Honorable Members, with regards to the deployment in the Northern Cape, we, we have deployed as the SNDF in each and every province. And we have deployed both, both members of the regular force as well as members of, of the reserve force, and this is the same case with regards to the Northern Cape. We, not, not only that, but we have also we are deploying Operation Corona, coastal patrols that we are doing at present, um, and we are deployed in the Western Cape. So there is also an additional capability which we have uh, put in place at this stage. And that is to deploy the surveillance capabilities uh, within the, the South African National Defence Force, and that would include as well the you know, UDPs uh, and other capabilities that are available that would assist us in terms of surveillance in this particular area. And over and above that, Chairperson, uh, the most important thing is is the year that uh, to ensure that our operations are intelligence uh, driven. So we do react, especially in with coastal patrols wherein there is such information that would require that we respond uh, as urgent as, as possible. I think that is about the, the, the patrols uh, in the Northern Cape. That includes our deployment for both Nordella and for both Parasita in, in that area. Chairperson, with regards to, um, if I did hear very well, the, the audio this side is not okay as I indicated, but there was a point that was mentioned uh, by the Honourable Member, that is with regards to, can we increase the sea hours? Uh, well, Chairperson, that is what we would love to do. I, I think where we are today, if we look at um, the availability of, of our capabilities, when we do have them alongside, we would love to increase so that we can do much more than we are doing at this point in time. But I must say, Chairperson, so far so good, in view of the fact that we have managed um, to, to, we are managing to deploy for coastal patrols and we are managing to make use of some of the surveillance capabilities that we have within the inventory in the South African National Defense Force. So yes, given the, if we are able to get our um, vessels to see going, quite a bit of a large number in that regard, yes, of course, we will be able, we can be able to increase those hours and we would love to do that at any given point in time. Thanks, Chairperson. Well, th thank you so much. I, I think we've covered all the questions uh, that the uh, uh, two, two colleagues uh, raised. Please, uh, uh, can you note the following uh, questions, General? Uh, sorry, Sector, uh, from my side. Uh, one, um, you have 78 indicators at the 148, uh, sorry, 140 40 targets. But today, uh, or in all the quarters, your, your, your quarterly um, uh, performance report, you report on 10 indicators and 10 targets. In other words, you report on 10 out of 140 uh, targets. So there is about 180 targets 
that are not reported on, in, that were not reported on in quarter one, quarter two, quarter three, and now in, in quarter four. It's fine, I have no problem with that. We'll interact with all the targets uh, where, uh, when we interact with your, your, your annual report. Uh, fine, I have no problem with that. But my, my, my question is, what was the rationale, the reason behind uh, selecting the 10 uh, targets? Is it because the the uh, uh, the core of the at the core of the department, or they consume a huge chunk of uh, the, the budget, uh, as it were, and and then two, I I know that your 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 admin uh, uh, program uh, uh, program admin. In program admin, you you have about uh, um, I think uh, you, you 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 have eighty nine uh, targets, eighty nine out of hundred and forty. In other words, uh, uh, out of this of the hundred and forty targets you have got, uh, eighty nine are allocated to admin uh, program one, and. Um, Program one is about 6.1 billion rand of the 50.5 billion rand. Now, what was the reason uh, you allocated so many targets uh, to spend 6.1 billion rand, 89 out of 140 uh, targets? I'm trying to understand the reasoning, the rationale uh, behind. Um, Chair, uh, sorry, Senator, if I would just leave it at that. Uh, I need you to go into town because I know we'll interact with you uh, when we deal with the, the issues um, uh, later on in the year. I'm trying to understand the, the rationale that informed your, de your decision uh, uh, between yourself and Treasury to lift this 10 uh, in, your, in the expenditure of uh, national, in your estimate of national expenditure. And uh, uh, any other colleagues, I will just take one or two questions before, uh, so, so that we leave time for 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 vote twenty six. Any other question, colleagues? All right. Doesn't does look like there's any other question. We just reflect on those in this uh, uh, sector, and then we we'll move off to the next uh, item. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Uh, I'll just quickly reflect on it. But I'll also ask Chairperson to be excused. Uh, I have another meeting uh, related to the, our COVID-19 activities uh, that starts now at, uh, at at 11. I'll have to be at the operational center at 11. But yes, you are correct. It's really based on the budget. And the reason why you would see, uh, uh, you would say 89 targets maybe in admin, but uh, the, you don't see the, the, them coming because if you think about it, the, the admin is really salaries. So the cost of employees, you have already paid for the cost of employees to do all the admin work. So when we, when we account for it, we, we say that uh, this cost of employees is already uh, accounted for so much. And also we interact with National Treasury. That gives us guidance to say that uh, when you report, make sure that you have selected the, the targets and indicators. But as we say, 
you have 140 targets uh, to go through them, all of them, one by one, policy this, policy that, and uh, IT system did, and admin this and admin that, uh, both in all the uh, programs. It, 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 uh, it, it might actually have limited benefits. That's why we, we select the main four functions, four budget kind of uh, related uh, targets, Honorable Chairperson. But we do have a full report as you have indicated on all the targets and it will be also covered now that we're dealing with the fourth quarter in the annual report. Thanks very much, Honorable Chairperson. I'm going to ask to be excused uh, when we're done with the report. Yes, so you, you'll be excused just now. Colleagues, I want us to wind up on, on vote uh, 23. Uh, PM, do you want to make any comment uh, and, uh, before I ask the minister to wind up the discussion on vote uh, 2023? I want us to finish before 11, before 11 o'clock on vote 23. Uh, no comment uh, from my side, the Chair. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, uh, DM. Uh, minister? Thank you very much, Chairperson. Chairperson, I, I sent you a message there because I wanted to know, if, I wasn't sure if it's a portfolio committee or a joint standing committee. Yeah, you see, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a portfolio committee, uh, Minister, but we, because we operate like this, we brought in it to include members from the from the from the NSOP. No, there's no problem with that, Chair. But it is always advisable that right at the beginning of the meeting we be informed whether the meeting is open or closed. Because no, then no, no. that that determines... Our meetings are always closed. Not not always, Chair. Not always. Let, let me no, just no, minister. Hmm? No, minister. Mi yes. Uh, maybe I'm referring to a standing committee on intelligence. No. No, no, Minister. Our meetings, uh, unless we specifically request that it be closed, and we must then uh, uh, apply to Parliament to grant us permission to close the meeting, and we must give the reason why we want to close the meeting. Over to you, Minister. Okay, that's what I'm asking, Comrade Chair, that if it's a joint standing committee on defense, at times there'll be occasion where you will close the meeting and we must be told whether it is closed this time or not. As a result, I will not talk to the matter which was raised earlier on, on Mozambique. If needs be, we can we can have a session later on. Maybe I, I can have a conversation with you and one or two members so that you can understand the context within which the minister raised the matter on with on uh, in the media there are challenges in mozambique yes there are but whether there was a request to south africa or not is another matter my understanding right now is that this is a matter which is being handled by the whole region which is being discussed by sadak the second matter is on op minstrel chairperson uh, fortunately, some of, I think, the people who felt very, very strongly, correctly so, about uh, deployment of our troops, particularly the Force Intervention Brigade in the TRC, without air cover, 
are still here in the committee. I, I recall that Honorable Murray was one of the people who felt very strongly on the matter. Rightly so. So even now, we have made the point to the UN that whatever the challenges, for as long as we continue to deploy in the, in the, in the Eastern TRC, we will have no choice but to keep our way far in the in the in the eastern drc it's important to note chair that the strangest thing is that people were saying there is no money to pay for the roy file but in fact we learned that there were choppers which they were acquiring from ukraine for instance which do not do a better job than what the roy falk does choppers which they were prepared to pay for so it is for that reason that we've remained steadfast in pursuing the fact that the Roy Falk should remain in the DRC for as long as we have our soldiers deployed to the DRC. Lastly, Chair, Honorable Marie, just send me a message because I did respond, remember, to the matter of how much bed space, how many bed space do we have for... COVID-19 for quarantine, and he's just sent me a message that there are some members who are in Igapa who are positive, uh, who are on quarantine. So I'll follow up that matter now, and, and we'll give you, Chair, I'll call you and give you a feedback on the matter. On the last matter of food security, which has been raised by Honorable Ryder, Chairperson, I'm sure you are aware that there is this program called Kupatala, which which really is uh, trying, but it's not as moving as fast as we would have wanted it to. Kupatala, now Kupatala, which is chase away in Lala, hunger, involves uh, agricultural projects between the department and communities. Now, we this was launched in the Northwest for a start. Then it went to the Free State. But what we're trying to do, I've directed the, the chiefs to the COD that Kubatala should have a footprint in all of the provinces. And I, and I believe that if we can maximize on Kubatala, we'll be able to ensure that there's food security in South Africa. So we'll be working closely together with the Minister of Agriculture so that she too can guide us as to which areas she would want us to move into as quickly as possible with this program. I thank you for person. If there's, uh, I've not responded to an issue, I'm sorry. Well, Minister, thank you very much. You've done very well, SECDEF uh, and the team, TOD. Uh, uh, thank you so much. Um, uh, DM, uh, I know DM because we're going to deal with the DMV. I'm not too sure if the minister will also uh, uh, stay behind. Uh, we, we're happy for the engagement. But before I release the team, uh, Minister, I, I want to inform Minister and Sector that since the, the board of uh, inquiry on, on into uh, the causal matter um, release released its findings 
uh, we members of the committee have been inundated with uh, emails. I don't know how many emails are. I think my 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 um, my laptop, uh, my iPad is now almost full, almost full because of the emails. I think it's a petition from the members of the public. They appear outraged at the at the findings of the board of uh, inquiry and uh, so the matter is gaining a uh, momentum uh, out there i want you to be aware that it's been brought our attention our attention is being brought is being brought to to the matter i don't know what the colleagues will, will say uh, towards the end but i felt i should just uh, indicate that, no. that we are not going to um, you know uh, disregard uh, Minister, want to say something on that? Yes, uh, I, I would like to say something, particularly because I don't know if you did uh, follow the media briefing which we had last week where this matter was raised. Chairperson. No, I didn't. I, I'm sitting here. I'm a minister responsible for defense and military veterans. The deputy minister is also here. Both of them have not as yet received a report on the board of inquiry. To a okay. point no, no, let's not yes. end it there. Let's not end it there. The point okay. is, and then when I checked, what is this which I'm hearing, because it was on ENCA, then we discovered that when the team completed its work, they took the report to the chief of the SANDF, who sent it back to them because he was unhappy because the terms of reference had not been all covered. And that is the report which I have been given. As far as I'm concerned, work is still being done on the basis of that. Sitting here, we have not seen the report precisely because it is not a matter which has been concluded chairperson and honorable members. Thank you. No, I think, Minister, that, 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 that helps. It heals, in, in fact, that uh, the report is still work in progress. What might have reached the media was the preliminary report. A final report is yet to be released to the public. Am I correct to say that, Minister? Chairperson, can I just add on that, please? Sorry, Minister, can, Minister, you wanted to say something before I recognize Mr. Murray so that uh, no, hear what okay. you say? Let Mr. Marie go ahead, Chair, and then I'll respond. No, no, I just want to get the status of the report before I, 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 I open it too much, uh, Minister. It, must I accept this as a preliminary report? I, I, and, uh, yes, Minister? I don't accept it even as a preliminary report, precisely because the two people who are at the helm of the department, right? Mm -hmm who had directed that there be a board of inquiry, had not even seen the preliminary report. So that which has been told to us that, no, Minister, this report is not complete, it was leaked, etc. work is still being done, right? But as far as I'm concerned, there is no report, and therefore I can't give status to the report. I am waiting okay. for the report, which will be presented to me, and the deputy minister by the chief of the South African National Defence Force. No, now I can deal with the issue. Mr. Mare, there is no report. 
Yes. The the only the only thing that yeah, but the only thing that that I know, my information is that there was an affidavit apparently submitted by the department to the court uh, after the um, findings of Judge um, Fabricius. So if it was not a report, what is then the status of that um, affidavit submitted to the court? Uh, so uh, I mean, I'm pleased with what the minister has said. Um, because we know that the military ombud is also involved in this case. Uh, it, it's wonderful news, uh, but it seems like there's just a lot of contradiction, especially if this has been a, a report or, or, or a response submitted to, to the court uh, in reaction to uh, Judge Fabricius' um, um, uh, findings. So, uh, so obviously we need some, some final clarity on that. Thank you very much, at least for the response. Yes, well, the matter will come uh, to us when it has been concluded uh, by the department. In other words, when after the minister, both the deputy and the minister, has signed it off. For now, not signed it off, they've seen it, because it must be signed off by the board of inquiry, but uh, run past it, only then it could be made public. All right, so let's leave it at that for now. At least I'm, I'm happy we're leaving the matters at, at, at this level. There's no report before us or before the, before the public as yet. Thank you so much. Right, Minister, uh, a sector of you are excused. Uh, may I now uh, take this opportunity to invite a, a vote uh, 26, um, General Mkwebi? is going to take us through the uh, quarterly performance uh, report of, of the vote. But before he takes us through, he will uh, introduce uh, his team so that we know who uh, are there to help him deal with the, with the questions. Jamal Mkwebe, are you there? General Mkwebe, are you there? Yes, may I know that? Yes, sir, General Mkwebe is speaking. General Mkwebe, welcome to you, sir. You may introduce the team and then launch into the presentation. It's your, it's your opportunity now. Thank you so much. With your uh, permission, may I accept that uh, the minister, the minister was going to probably introduce the issues of the department before the actual presentation, or must I just go ahead? Uh, uh, IT, uh, can we bring it up? Yes, I will do it now. Good, good. Okay, whilst uh, she is beaming it up, uh, will you introduce your team, uh, uh, General? Okay. No question. Uh, thanks, thanks, sir. I will ask the team to introduce themselves, uh, starting with the uh, DG Muff. Good morning, um, Chen, honorable members, minister and deputy minister. My name is Nodabe Komafu. 
I'm a, I'm a Deputy Director General for Empowerment and Stakeholder Management. Thank you. Good morning, Chair, Honorable Members, Minister, and Deputy Minister. My name is Sibong Senendoho. I'm the Chief Financial Officer at DMV. Thank you. Good morning, Chair, Minister, and Deputy Minister, and Members. My name is Sandy Sasiyamo. I'm the Chief Director responsible for Research and Policy Development. Thank you. Good morning, Chair and Honourable Members. Minister and the Deputy Minister. I'm Smakalim Mohafudi, the Director in the Office of the DG. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. That's the team, uh, which is uh, ready to support in terms of the presentation, Chair. Okay. No, th thank, thank you so much, um, uh, General. The, the presentation is now on the screen, and uh, you may then take a call. But just before you do that, may I indicate that the, the Minister has asked to, to be released. I'm sure she has left uh, already. And, uh, but the DM is still in the in the meeting, um, so okay, so that is still in order. Uh, over over to you, uh, General. Thanks, sir. In the process of preparing uh, the report, sir, we have followed the policy guidelines uh, given by the Department of Policy, uh, by the Department of Monitoring and Evaluation. We observe those guidelines, and we are talking to quarter four of the 2019-20 financial year. And we have submitted through the ministry all the necessary documents following the prescribed uh, prescripts. Before one speak to the actual presentation in terms of performance information, I will probably just uh, allude uh, to the issues of COVID-19, which are not indicated as per our report. That once uh, COVID-19 uh, was declared as a pandemic and also under the National Disaster Act, as a department, we followed the circulars and direction given by the Federal Public Service Administration. And we did send the rest of the officials which were not needed to work in remote areas. And those who were also able to work within the office did work within the office right through the process from uh, alert level five up to now. And we did, as we said, do deep cleaning in terms of our headquarters, and we did sanitize the building, and it, we, we did provide the PPEs required to make sure that we are also at least are safe, and also we observe the regulations. Up this far, touch wood, we're still safe. Nothing negative has happened as far as the DMV officials are concerned. In terms of the, our provincial offices, because they are under Department of Public Works and Infrastructure, and there are few individuals there, we initially closed those offices, and uh, it's only now where we're preparing to officially make sure that 
with this water public uh, works and uh, infrastructure, they are sanitized and then we can be able to take uh, on from that environment. As for our military veterans, working with the Department of Defense, mainly the South African Military Health Services, we were at least informed about how we should manage that and if they are affected or they are, they've got challenges, which numbers they should at least uh, link up with. What now we know uh, as of yesterday uh, is that uh, one individual who was in the Eastern Cape had to go to the Western Cape for dialysis in terms of uh, his uh, challenges. But once uh, the hospital, he did uh, his uh, contact uh, this uh, virus, but he's been declared if he's safe, so he's recovering. Then the other one from the Eastern Cape has passed on, and both of them are male, and they are about uh, 56 years old. That would be if he said what speaks to COVID-19 as far as DMV is concerned. Then going to the actual presentation, Chair, I would ask assistant in terms of the slide. Next slide. That's the outline, Chair, of the presentation, which will be mainly speaking to non-financial performance information and also looking at the approved budget program structure, where program one will be speaking to administration and program two will be speaking to socioeconomic support. And lastly, program three speaks to empowerment and stakeholder management. Next slide. Well, that's the mandate of the department chair, which is informed by the Mental Veterans Act uh, number 18 of 2011. And of course, it speaks to the national policy and standards for social coming support to the residents and their dependents, including benefits and entitlement to help realize a dignified, unified, important, self-sufficient community of military veterans. Thanks. Next slide. Just to also chair, give a little bit of detail in terms of the um, budget program, we speak to the sub-programs. Under program one, which is administration, we've got about six of those sub-programs. The two other programs, which is program two and program three, both of them are about, about three of their sub-programs, as indicated on the slide. Next slide. I think that's uh, already covered. Next slide. Thank you. Thanks, Chair. Now, this slide, Chair, speaks to the summary of the performance uh, analysis of the performance analysis of the department uh, during this period, uh, whereas in getting that uh, overall, we, we have achieved 30%. But then if we then at least uh, go per uh, program and start with uh, admin, and then we concentrate more, since we are speaking through quarter four, more on the yellow part of the different programs, then we will then be able to say in quarter four under administration, we plan uh, to at least uh, achieve seven targets. And those objectives which were set, unfortunately, we were able to achieve three under that that gave us 43%. Then if we move to, sorry, just go back. 
Then if you go to SES, a similar arrangement where we go to the yellow, which is quarter four, we planned eight, we achieved one, which then amounts to 13%. Under ESM, we planned five, we achieved two, which leads to 40%. Overall, uh, it becomes a 30% tension. Next slide. The color coding uh, legend uh, does help in terms of what is understood to be achieved is marked green. The amber part or yellow part speaks to partially achieved and the red speaks to not achieved. So we'll be using those color coding in terms of uh, indicating which uh, indicators and targets have been achieved or partially achieved or not achieved at all. That's a graphic uh, presentation of what has just been said, Chair, in terms of the previous explanation, in terms of quarter four. So I won't be repeating that. Next slide. Next slide. Now, Chair, probably I will have to uh, concentrate more on the yellow part of the uh, actual presentation and then explain uh, what has uh, happened in terms of uh, various uh, indicators and targets which we set for ourselves. Okay. Now on, on the administration chair going straight to uh, PPI 102, which is partially achieved, which speaks more on the communication strategy activities. And uh, we planned 100% and we have achieved 70% of that. And there's a deviation of 30%. And if you go to the comments on the far right of the um, metrics, then uh, go to the visit for deviation. Uh, the publication which were planned to be uh, is, uh, finished before March were delivered uh, by our service provider after March and then that led to us not achieving. And going forward, we're looking at it is, uh, addressing that by making sure that uh, this annual publication, there's an annual publication plan with uh, both the communication side and supply chain management ever agreed in terms of how that is going to be speaking to deliver of those on time and their timelines will speak to that. Then I go to PPI 104, which speaks to the uh, integrated database management systems. And that one is not achieved at all. Yeah? And the challenge there speaks to in terms of the comments that for us to be able to put this system in terms of the ICT, we are reliant on CETA and we've got a service level agreement with CETA. But unfortunately, between ourselves and CETA, we seem not to be succeeding to achieve what needs to be achieved. There are a number of reasons we speak to that, and hence we have also approached, as a kind of uh, trying to correct the uh, challenges, we approached the relevant department uh, which oversees CETA and we had a sitting with the DG there to find out whether we can have an, a better way of addressing this 
it, it, it might require us probably working with CETA, with a, a service provider coming from the private sector or whatever. So this is what we are engaged in uh, going forward yeah, to improve that situation. The next one, which is partially achieved, is PPI 105, which speaks to the payment of uh, invoices within 30 days. And the challenge mainly there is speaking to the, the reason why we are a challenge to uh, one of our service providers in terms of traveling arrangement of the department and officials, where it's a uh, travel with flair. Uh, unfortunately, in terms of the invoices coming from this particular company to ourselves and the processing of that had had a challenge to such an extent that we had then to at least uh, come up with a system to be able to track the invoices coming from there and be able at least uh, to make sure that we can pay them on time. But because it is manual, it has then created a challenge again in terms of our capacity and volume to, uh, and the volumes which come through. In terms of this country, we tend to create uh, delays, but we are looking at that uh, going forward so that we can be able to deal with this uh, 30 day uh, requirement payment of the invoices. The under admin, this last one, which is also partially achieved, uh, speaks to the employment within the department and representation of uh, various uh, uh, groupings. In this particular case, we are speaking to persons living with uh, disabilities. We are saying that our recruitment, which was more a general approach, sending out application and probably not receiving the relevant and required uh, passage in certain instances, we are saying that we need to at least uh, undertake a targeted approach, and this is approach so that we can be able at least to meet the required target check. That would be uh, the issue of uh, program one. Check. Next slide. That is a program uh, to chair, which is socioeconomic support, where we have achieved uh, only one out of eight. Next slide. Chair, in terms of, again, the way to at least put across, I tend to skip the green ones and concentrate on the ones which are partially achieved and the ones which are not achieved at all. Now, the the I to chair speaks to the number of military veterans uh, provided with uh, built houses per year. That also speaks to the target was 300 for the year, right to, and also about 100 bond uh, to be rescued. But for this particular quarter chair, we planned to achieve. Uh, 100, but uh, we achieved 57. And out of bond rescue, it was uh, 25, we achieved 30. And we are saying uh, part of the reason why we have at least uh, not achieved equal to the comments is that in the previous quarter, what we thought would be delivering uh, in uh, quarter four was mainly delivered in quarter three in terms of build houses. So, in the light of that, we are saying at least uh, we have, uh, that's the logic behind it, but it at least allows us to achieve the original annual final target set. But we still also have challenges with uh, two provinces in terms of the department uh, engaging the 
KwaZulu-Natal and the Free State also to and make sure that our military veterans in those environments are taken care of. Those are the provinces which are also challenged. In terms of the born uh, rescue, we planned about 25, we are 50, and in a way, Chair, in this, uh, we are reliant on people applying, and uh, now that's the challenge. So we then get with those uh, which we managed to receive uh, to process them. Then the following one, Chair, speaks to uh, PPI 203, speak to 203, which mainly uh, is speaking to the uh, military veterans verified and captured on the National Military uh, Veterans Database. Uh, it is uh, red for the quarter chair because we plan for the year 30,000. But for this uh, particular quarter, which is quarter four, we plan 7,500, but we achieve again 766. Now, part of the logic, as it was almost similar with the housing, is what has happened in quarter three, where although we planned for 7,500, we achieved uh, 37. Therefore, in terms of the annual target, in a way, we would say, when you finally consolidate the annual report, that environment will also sh uh, show green. Although for the particular quarter, informed by what happened in the previous quarter, we have not achieved what we set uh, ourselves to achieve. The next one, Chair, which is also not achieved in terms of the quota form, it's a 204, where we are talking about the number of bursaries provided for mental merchants and their dependents, where we plan for the year 7,466, and uh, we only achieve less than that. And part of the uh, challenge, Chair, is that when the issue of trying to utilize uh, the NSPAS environment, and we refer our tertiary uh, students and, uh, to NSPAS. Then some of them were taken on board. Those were the ones we also planned to take uh, as a department. But then when then they were approved by NSPAS, it then took out the original planning in terms of us uh, achieving that uh, check. And also, we are looking at the challenge of, uh, in terms of the uh, communication and uh, dealing with uh, various schools right through the country or basic education and of course uh, some of the private schools. We're looking at the method of making sure that we can fast track the necessary documentation for us to be able to pay because presently there is a challenge there it's, and from the parents too uh, in terms of the required documents like the unabridged certificate that has created a problem in terms of us being able to pay and be able to achieve what we want to achieve uh, in terms of that check. Then if one then moves to the next one, which also is not achieved share, it makes to the, it speak to the uh, military veterans provided with compensation payment. Now, these are the military veterans share who might have at least uh, experienced challenges during their military life in terms of their injuries, physical, mental, psychological. Now, we have then a service level agreement with the Department of Defense and uh, working with the okay, with the military health service, where they've got doctors dedicated to assist us, where we get applications right through the country, and then once we've got those, then we engage 
the SAMS uh, department, and then we then undertake this. And how we do it, we go to province by province, and then we manage that. And now the plan for this quarter was 75, but we have achieved six. Even the six we have achieved, share, it was mainly the question of disparities in terms of payments, uh, that uh, we they were not paid according to the percentage of their injuries, and then we had to at least uh, close that. But we did at least uh, assess uh, some military veterans, uh, we, which the medical panel could not attend due to the non-availability of the uh, chair of the panel who was uh, on, on leave at the time. By the time she came back to engage in this exercise, it was then the, during the period of COVID-19. Therefore, the exercise could not be could not be finalized. So that's that's the challenge. But going back, uh, then we are looking at uh, also making sure that by the uh, at least uh, this quarter we finalize, uh, which is quarter one of this financial year, not the last financial year, that we finalize that process, and then we can be able to make sure that these military returns are also paid those who qualify. Uh, the following one chair speaks to 206 uh, in terms of the number of military veterans and their dependents provided with their counseling. Again, those uh, are the 1,000 we, we planned we plan for. And uh, for this quarter, it was uh, 250, and we were able to achieve uh, 160. And there's a, 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 a deviation there. Now, again, we're depending when the mil on military veterans also applying for this benefit, and then uh, again with SAMS uh, going up. But we'll continue engaging and making sure that it is we uh, military veterans are informed and also are aware. And also they understand who actually qualifies because if the injury or the challenge they might be facing has got very little to do with the military activities, this is where the challenge sometimes comes in. That they, we need to make sure that they understand because when they come through and the uh, challenge they have in terms of what they are applying for has got nothing to do with former military operations, then they do not necessarily get. The next two uh, <coughs> indicators, 207 and 208, are talking chair to the, and honorable members, to two policies, which is uh, pension and subsidized tra public transport. And we were saying that by this time, we have managed at least to put it uh, on the ground in quarter four, uh, approved policies, both for pension uh, payout to those who qualify, and also for those who might need to uh, travel, that they are able to be assisted in terms of public subsidized transport. We have managed for the pension to come up with a draft policy on the uh, pension part. Uh, and uh, we are also engaging in terms of consultation with the relevant stakeholders to make sure that it is uh, they are aware. And we are talking here of the advisory council of the minister and the appeals board. And the structures which are there will speak to standard, making sure that it is uh, they are informed about what we are doing. So once we are done, they will be able then to follow the necessary um, uh, approval process. And we are of the view that by quarter two, 
of this financial area, which is 2021, will be done with that. The next one, which is uh, public transport, uh, we are in a process, we've already initiated that, and we are engaged uh, with the Department of Transport and uh, with uh, mainly their subsidized um, different entities are engaged uh, in this exercise. And uh, there was a view that uh, we would be able, at least uh, also by quarter two of this financial year, to be able to put this policy in place, having consulted the relevant stakeholders. And then at the end of the day, as it was said, this is uh, mainly the area where we are challenged, but we are looking forward to make sure that it is set that start. And what probably might also be uh, in the interest of the, uh, the, the committee chair and honor members is that uh, both of these environments, in terms of capacity and capability, there are just no warm bodies to do that. Then we rely on bringing other people from their own present jobs and probably getting some assistance sometimes from the Department of Defense to make sure that we can be able to move with that. So these are the challenges the Department of Space with. The last program is program three. Yes, and uh, as it was indicated, the planning for the quarter four was five uh, targets. Uh, targets achieved, there are two of them. And that gives us 40%. Next slide. Thank you. As has been the norm chair, I will just consider it again on the ones which are not achieved. Uh, the first one, which is 301, speaks to the issue of um, private sector companies and state of uh, organs, uh, where we're supposed to sign up um, MOUs or MOAs or SLAs. And we plan for the year we have about four of those. Now, for quarter uh, four, we plan that we achieve three, but uh, we achieved uh, nothing, and therefore the underperformance is uh, minus three. But again, the uh, challenge is in quarter three, although we planned to achieve one, we were able to work and achieve four. So when we finally report in this, it will also change from red to green when we speak to the annual report uh, chair. Then uh, in terms of uh, the 302, BI302, which uh, speaks to the uh, uh, number of military veterans and their uh, dependents provided with approved funding uh, for skills development program. For the year, we planned 5,500 uh, And for the quarter, our plan was 1,500, but we have managed to get uh, 351. This is one of those uh, uh, targets in terms of setting the target has been a challenge, and also the capacity and capability within uh, the environment also to manage this has been a challenge. Uh, but we have at least uh, managed to uh, also through the now presence of the new chief director who has been appointed and the officials within that environment. They have managed, and with the DDG, they have managed to engage the relevant department and centers 
uh, in terms of sector training authorities and looking at the skills required in terms of the country to set up some service level agreement as it was indicated and then also looking at a proactive action to deal with this going forward because in the past we've been relying more on people applying themselves but now we want at least to drive uh, this program in a proactive uh, manner going forward. That's uh, the issue of the corrective measures going on. The last one in this uh, environment which speaks to 305 chat speaks to the uh, memorial sites uh, being erected and we plan failing and we have not achieved uh, anything in terms of the quota and right through the year. And part of the challenge here is that the, the, the erection of any structures in terms of building and designing of those we rely on other government departments to assist and support. And this is where we are saying in terms of uh, collective action, the Department of Arts and Culture and Department of Public Works and Infrastructure, we need to uh, strengthen those indirectly and relationship and make sure that in the planning process for us to achieve what we want to achieve, that is achievable. And this is what in terms of our intergovernment relations we want to strengthen our stakeholder management to make sure that this is achieved. But it's been a challenge in the past, and but we have at least uh, started engaging the, the two government departments to make sure that we can move forward. So in terms of the department, uh, next slide. Now, Chair, for us, for the financials, we uh, allocated 752.6 million and we're able to spend about 476.9 million which is 73 percent and mainly the challenge there in terms of the under expenditure share which is about 175.6 million is informed by uh, us under spending on the education support housing skills development and heritage Education has been explained the uh, part of the us, at least they're not spending what we thought would be spending because of NSFAS coming on board. Housing uh, is got a challenge share, although we have achieved in terms of the houses built, but in terms of the payment was was required to top up at the point of human settlement at provincial level. And then we rely on them invoicing us. But what has it is uh, become quite clear. When their finances are not uh, moving, then they tend not to invoice us. And this was a challenge again, mainly one of those was the how did then we could not pay them, although they've given us the houses. Therefore, that speaks into a more uh, a robust engagement so that we don't budget this time and then they give houses, but they don't invoice us. We need to look at that. Skills development and heritage has been an uh, expansion. Then, in terms of um, goods and services, there's been an under-expenditure. Uh, but it's uh, reflected uh, also that uh, in terms of health services, what was budgeted for, uh, we overspent, and then we had to get monies. And then part of the monies which we were able to take was coming from the travel and subsistence, the ease of uh, and facilities and accommodation. The reason why we could not use the money on the question of traveling subsistence payment facilities, we did plan two conferences, Chair, 
those conferences, one was speaking to the Unity Conference of the MK, the other one was the Sanha Conference. Those could not take place for a number of reasons, and therefore that money could not flow. Uh, so that would be, uh, at least uh, in terms of finances, what would one would want to say uh, at this stage. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much, General uh, uh, and uh, The presentation was comprehensive. Uh, we thank you for, for, for this. Uh, colleagues, uh, General mentioned at the beginning that um, uh, two of our military veterans uh, succumbed to uh, uh, COVID-19. Uh, COVID-19 related uh, illness. Um, I think it's proper that we extend our condolences, deepest condolences to the families of those uh, two military veterans. We said two, generally. Eh? One has recovered. The one who has come from Northern Cape, who went for dialysis in Cape Town, is still in Cape Town, but he has recovered from uh, uh, COVID-19. The other one in East Cape says succumbed. So one. All one succumbed. Okay. Our uh, uh, condolences uh, goes to the family of uh, the member, of this member, uh, the military veteran who has succumbed to the COVID-19 illness. All right, uh, two. General, um, I think you are doing fine. Uh, on the uh, buzzery things, don't relent on uh, demanding the abridged uh, certificate. The, I think there's a good reason why we must insist on the abridged, un, uh, unabridged, uh, unabridged uh, birth certificate so that we, we don't fund uh, dependence that we are not supposed to be funding, uh, you know, otherwise, um, if we don't, it will open up a space for other people to take uh, uh, this particular benefit for, for a right. We, we, we appreciate that. And the colleagues are now opening uh, the, the, the platform up for discussion. Um, and as again, uh, I don't see the the indications, uh, the hands indicating uh, to make a comment. Um, I will then go by. Uh, please recognize me. Uh, okay, Mr. Ryder, I think uh, wants to 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 Mr. Ryder, and then uh, who else? I asked Mr. Ryder to speak. Who else wants to speak on the matter? On the issues at hand, Miss Bukios. The third person is Shalembe. Correct. Oh, Mr. Shalembe. And myself, Chair Mutle. Uh, and Mr. Mutle. Uh, all right. I'll take this four for now. Uh, DM. Uh, we have been together on matters uh, DMV. I'm not too sure if you want to say something. I want members to confine themselves to the presentation because we have had uh, elaborate discussion on, 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 on the DMV matters. Uh, uh, and and uh, some matters have been accepted as work in progress. And I don't want people to go beyond what has been presented today, but I don't stop them. DMV, you want to say something before I open it up? 
Chair, thank you very much. Not at this point, uh, I would defer to members of the committee to interact with the report and to get the department to respond. And uh, I will come in after the responses of the department just on those areas where there may be need for certain things to be highlighted, to be emphasized, or any additional information from the ministry that we we'll provide. Sure. I think that's a, that is in order, dear. And thank you so much for that. Mr. Ryder? Thank you very much, Chairperson. Chair, there are yeah, there are probably a number of questions that could be asked, but but there's only one that that, that, that captures my mind at the moment, and I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to release. And that is the issue that we was highlighted recently about the fact that the Department of Military Veterans uh, gave us a presentation where there seemed to be some subterfuge or, or not acknowledgement of the fact that there had been um, uh, wasteful expenditure in terms of the project that was uh, deemed the skills audit. Um, and in fact, there, there was some incorrect information given about that. Now, the subsequent comment was that the information had been delivered incorrectly uh, and that, that people needed to account for that. Um, now, and then people would come and, and, and come before our committee and, and, and give decent account. I haven't seen that account today. And, and I'll put it to the committee again, Chair, that uh, uh, someone has misled Parliament, whether willfully or not, um, but that needs to be accounted for. And I, I want to hear this would have been an ideal opportunity because um, we're dealing with quarter four, we're dealing with the, uh, the financial year. Uh, no doubt the, um, the wasteful expenditure will need to be reported through this. Uh, and I thought today would have been the opportunity to to come forward and, and, and declare uh, it hasn't been done, which makes me even more concerned, Chairperson. Um, and I feel that this committee has been taken lightly. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Mr. Reiter. And uh, Ms. Bukos? Thank you, Chair. Uh, thank you uh, for the presentation. Chair, my first one is on the capturing and verification of military veterans. Uh, and I think it's taking way too long, and that it seems that there is no urgency to conclude the process. Uh, can't they come up with a progressive plan to engage and impact them of what they need or what is a military veteran? And is there a program in place? Uh, if not, is there a time frame for concluding the capturing? It's the first one. Chair, my second one then is on the skills development. What they said, it's uh, far uh, below the set target, and they propose the review of target in the next cycle, a more proactive approach. But what do they have in mind? Chair, I think an African benadering, so they must change that. Um, then on the corrective action that they propose in education is also to review the future target for I don't think there's a need to review the target chair. They must just change the approach. I'm an advocate for engagement. What programs or processes do you have in mind or in place to engage with beneficiaries for education? Because most of them are not aware, but some of them don't even have matric because of certain circumstances. What is the current cases of the fraud uh, uh, 
cases? And uh, was there any consequences for those who was part of it? Then just out of curiosity, Chair, what is the current status of women at SMS level? And was there any new appointments? Thank you, Chair. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Mr. Shalembe. Thank you, uh, Chairperson. Um, my question uh, will uh, relate to the issue of um, uh, educational assistance. Well, I mean, I saw that in 2019 there were complaints from some of the military veterans that the Department of Military Veterans was not able to pay educational institutions on time. But what I want to know, uh, if they can, what was the cause of that delay, I mean, uh, in that 2019 uh, to 2020? Uh, 20? And what is uh, the possible solution that will help to avoid such uh, similar instances taking place, I mean, uh, in the future? Then two... Uh, Chairperson, there is still a going concern that the military veterans are finding it extremely difficult to access medical assistance due to non-existence of military hospitals in the six provinces. As we know that only Gauteng, uh, Western Cape and Free State that do have, I mean, uh, the military hospitals. So now, what is the department doing to address uh, that situation so that, I mean, uh, in future, at least we know that something is being done, or, I mean, otherwise one will say that three military hospitals that are already available are like now, there's no need uh, for other provinces to have those uh, military hospitals. I thank you. Thank you so much, Mr. Shilembe. Mr. Mutle? Yeah. Thanks, Chair. Uh, I want to ask a few questions and make a, a, an input or a comparison at the end. Looking at the presentation, maybe let me first ask, because the presentation only speaks to uh, targets uh, which uh, were on average, not uh, met, if you take all targets that uh, they have set for themselves uh, and you look at those who are not met and those who are uh, partially met, if you do an average, you will find out that uh, overall uh, they, they have not managed to get uh, a 50% out of all. So it is an indication of underperformance. Uh, but most importantly is that uh, I don't uh, understand why haven't they given us also the financial performance for the quarter. Maybe they've got a, a reason why. I would like to get the reason why haven't they given us uh, the financial performance for the quarter because uh, we can't play oversight over on targets only and not uh, be able to get an understanding in terms of uh, uh, the financial commitments that were made, whether they were able to 
to spend accordingly uh, for that particular quarter. And on the on the invoices, it said that uh, uh, I think about 58% of uh, legitimate invoices as they term it uh, were paid within uh, 30 days. Okay. What about uh, the, the rest of uh, I think it should be 30 or 40 40 something, 40, 42. What about them? Because this is a legislative uh, prescripts or, or, or mandate that uh, all invoices should be paid within 30 days. The reason why I'm, I'm picking up this uh, 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 matter of uh, unpaid invoices is because it affects in the main chair uh, small businesses. We are not uh, aware who is uh, necessarily doing business, but at the later stage probably uh, we'll have to find out. They must be able to present to us a spreadsheet to say these are the, the companies that are benefiting from DMV classify them in terms of who are veterans, who are young people, who are women, so forth and so on, and, uh, uh, and, and the demographics, uh, so that we can be able to see whether uh, in terms of uh, transformation or in terms of the BEE, they are meeting those uh, uh, criteria and ensuring that uh, people who are supposed to to benefit are benefiting from their supply chain system. So if they can clarify that. Uh, and as for the rest, uh, I think uh, the first slide where they've got yellow, yellowish uh, colors indicating the performance in terms of their targets said it very clear. Uh, to, to the uh, uh, General Mukwebi, uh, Will I be wrong to compare you and your team to a teacher who sets an exam uh, and also prepare a memorandum, but when that particular teacher is given the very same exam to write, he fails, he or she fails that particular Will uh, I be wrong to you, for me to compare you to that teacher who fails an exam set by him or herself because you have set targets for yourself you are unable uh, clearly to achieve those targets. So, I mean, it's, it's disappointing, Chair, uh, to say the least, uh, with regard to the performance that uh, the DMV uh, is, is, is presenting. It leaves much to be desired. It means beneficiaries out there remains vulnerable and they will continue to be vulnerable. Uh, whilst the department is grappling uh, with its uh, own internal system to ensure that it delivers that which is uh, meant for for beneficiaries to the beneficiaries themselves. So I think uh, I'll, I'll, I'll for now post there if they can clarify, particularly why have they not given us uh, the, the financial uh, performance for the quarter. Thank you.
Thank you, Chair. Uh, thank you. Thank you, colleagues. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, 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 DG? Chair? What is that? Chair? Yes? It's Lekwas. I'm using a phone and can raise a hand from here. <laughs> okay. Uh, how about you, ma'am? No, Chair. I think, I think partly I'm covered by Honorable Dukas. But my other question is, if these targets are not met and the financial year comes to an end, does the department roll over the targets that was meant for the previous financial year or they develop new targets completely and overlook the ones that they did not meet? Thank you, Chair. Yeah. And, and, and then to take your question further, do they learn anything from the underperformance so that in the next financial year they improve on those targets? Because it's pointless to keep posting the targets that you are not going to every year, knowing fairly well that you are not going to meet. You did not meet the previous year, you did not meet that other year, you also did not meet that other year, but you keep posting the same uh, target going forward. I think uh, your, your question, thank you so much for, for, for that. I think it ties in with uh, Mr. Mutler's question. Right, uh, let's do this. Uh, I, General, you, you have five minutes uh, to deal with the questions, uh, five to eight minutes. Uh, thanks, thanks uh, Honorable Chair and members. Uh, in terms of the skills audit, we have probably, if uh, it was not a question of probably try to hide uh, or anything, uh, in terms of that, we are looking at exactly what actually happened, and now we know what has happened in terms of the objective set and the agreement said with the service provider and what was delivered and what was paid. There's a discrepancy. And this is what we're dealing with. Uh, I would uh, leave it at that, uh, Chair. Uh, for reporting. Perhaps, perhaps, perhaps uh, let, let's, let's close this one on, on, on this issue. That um, when we invite you back, uh, when we next invite you, we'll indicate that in, in our next you just give us a progress report on on your investigation into uh, the issue and uh, also action taken against uh, the officials that may have been responsible for the collapse of of, of the project of the of the audit scale. But is the issue of in Parliament, we'll deal with it when you come to do the report, so that we just correct the record then. So we don't deal with it uh, uh, in a rush. We'll have one item that deals with this matter, uh, a standalone item that deals with this matter. Uh, are you able to write if we put it that way? Okay. I'm sure he's happy. Over to you, General. Uh, thanks, sir. In terms of uh, Ms. Pietas, uh, with regards to capturing and uh, verification, yes, we've got a plan, and uh, luckily we've got a chief director who have just reported, who has put up that plan. And this is why, if we look at the quarter three, where we were at uh, 37, although we planned for 30. So, 
for us in terms of making sure that the details of military veterans who are in the system in terms of their addresses, their ID numbers, and also their contact numbers, and that they are in fact military veterans and the background of those. Uh, we've got we've got the we've got a plan. In terms of uh, progress report, we'll be re uh, ready to set to provide that uh, when uh, required. Okay. Also, in, in terms of uh, education, uh, the challenge we've been having with education uh, speaks to that when people are providing the actual uh, details of their uh, dependence, and then uh, it was more informed by the affidavit. Then when we started looking for the issue of uh, the birth certificate, unabridged certificate, we started picking up uh, challenges. And also when then we started following the route in terms of tertiary education, uh, we started then it is uh, also realizing that some do qualify under NSFAS and some don't. But the original planning of the targets was where we were the ones running that program. But now that we know that we can engage NSFAS, although NSFAS they've got their own challenges and and we are engaging them in terms of our service level agreement, how to manage uh, those kind of challenges going forward. So yes, we need to make sure that we understand the issue of planning and setting targets. And also we need to be informed by our experience in the past history in terms of what we've been in the past so that we can change it for the better. And this is what we say engage in in terms of planning at this stage. The skills um, development, I'll give it to uh, Ms. Marco just to cover that one in terms of setting up those targets and what plans are in place to make sure that what we've been doing again in the past, setting up those targets and achieving the targets, what has been the challenge. And how then are we at least uh, looking at uh, moving forward and make sure that we don't set targets which we cannot achieve as well? Thank you very much, uh, General. Um, Chair, um, we have done as a department an introspection and came to accepting that we were reactive in nature, in that we would sit and wait for an application that comes from a military veteran. And that slowed uh, the pace of uh, processing the, the actual applications. We then, as a result of that, went and approached different sitters uh, to say with them, to them, um, what will you be providing in terms of your specific sitter? And then we will then package the necessary um, the necessary skills informed by, by what is um, deemed as um, a, a required skill in the market in, in the Department of Labor. So we are aware of our shortcomings, um, Chair, and we are addressing them by looking at what is um, deemed as um, a scarce skill and packaging through working with CETA those, um, those courses. We have um, interacted towards the end of the fourth quarter with uh, UNISA, and I think to a large extent, military veterans 
a benefited out of that program. We are in the process of strengthening that relationship through an MOU so that uh, UNISA can also be able to assist the department in terms of packaging the necessary, uh, the necessary courses. Yes, I've covered the point. It's where you become more proactive. Uh, that's fine. Uh, and just if you have time, I think you have, if if uh, I think that was adequate, uh, Miss Murphy. Thank you, you very may, much. Yes, you may move forward. Thanks, Chair. The question from uh, Honourable Shalamba in terms of payment on time and the uh, reason why invoices are not paid on time. The challenge we've been having, uh, first of all, is. Uh, in terms of invoices, it's, we were looking for the original invoice, not the copies. Uh, and then also the issue of the uh, invoices, once we receive them, when we must pay them, according to National Treasury, we must also make sure that if we are paying for the private um, learning institution, then that uh, those uh, schools are tax compliant. And now, again, that becomes a challenge because some of the schools are not necessarily uh, tax compliant. And it takes a foreign, going uh, forward and backwards, engaging them to get at least a confirmation that their talks compliant. And uh, some of the schools, which are public schools, also is the issue of the banking details. Uh, then to clarify and get those banking details, we've been at least uh, having challenges. But now going forward, the question is, what have we done to make sure that all these challenges do not lead to us not paying these uh, invoices on time? We have engaged the NSPAS, we are working with them in terms of that uh, and how we are going to at least uh, manage to uh, deal with that. But in terms of to turn up basic education, they, we've got a memorandum of understanding with them and they've allowed also us that we deal with the provincial uh, uh, departments of uh, basic education where we've got, we're uh, putting up some service level agreement. What that allows us, it allows us to piggyback on their system. And in terms of their system, they know who is at school and at what school and who is a class teacher and whatever. And therefore, our payment going forward is going to be at least a process through the Department of Basic Education and us paying direct to the various schools. So we go to a province, we give them the schools, we give them the students where they are, and then we transfer the money, then they will be paid. And then, of course, they will also be, in terms of this arrangement, be able to give us progress of the students because sometimes uh, we find that either the students are no longer there or there is no progress in terms of performance. But we are looking, we are looking forward to that. That would be fine with respect to public schools, with private schools? With uh, private schools, we have activated our own. There are not that many uh, in terms of the various programs. They are manageable. What we, again, we were not necessarily doing in the past we were uh, at least not utilizing our provincial offices, which we have activated. Now they are playing part here. So through them, they will be able to go direct to the private schools, which are managed in terms of numbers. No, thank you so much. Uh, let, 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 let me end you uh, on, on uh, uh, just deal with the, with, with the women representation at SMS. I will leave the health one, healthcare one, and, and the targets not met. And uh, maybe did, did the women women one and the, and, the budget, and the budget information that was not presented. I will then re, leave the three to 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 DM. 
the, the, the three I leave to DM, DM, I leave the healthcare access, right? Uh, that is still being difficult to members who are in areas where they as substance they print, and the two, the targets not met about thirty percent uh, as per the department admission of the targets that were met, and then I think those are the two in the main, and and uh, yeah, and what? Yes, just 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 uh, just close on uh, women representation. Budget information and the invoices within 30 days. Just those three. Uh, uh, um, the director general. Those three. Thanks, Chair. For the 30 day invoices and the uh, the CFO will take that one. CFO. Thank, thank you, thank you, uh, General uh, Chair and members. Uh, as indicated earlier, Chair. Uh, I think the, the issues, as we have reported, are, are administrative uh, in nature, uh, but as a department, we are addressing them. Uh, actually, on quarter four, it was mainly the departure of a, a bus syscall. Uh, we used the bus system to disperse. And in, in terms of then assigning profiles uh, to, to, to users in bus, uh, there was a lapse due to uh, the departure of the syscall, as also that coupled with the other uh, transaction that is related mainly to the backup that we have with our service provider for travel and, and, and management. So all of those are being addressed by management chair. Uh, I, I would like to leave it at that. Thank you. Thank you so much. We'll tie it down. Uh, <laughs> uh, just quick. Are you improving? Uh, yes or no? And we leave. Uh, we are we are on at least uh, in position, chair. We've just appointed about uh, four of uh, directors who are senior uh, ladies in terms of internal audit, legal, GTO, and director policy. They are all uh, ladies. They're doing well, and yes. then uh, I think that takes care of all the on the budget information. Uh, my sincere apology, Chair, to the honourable members. I think that that was, uh, that was an oversight from our side. Let me just say it is indicated. Uh, we will make sure that it's uh, provided. Apologies for that. We'll make that information available within a week's time. Thank you so much. Uh, DM, uh, I'm leaving you with just uh, the two items, but any other thing that you may want to say? Uh, just, you know, because, yeah, just those two. Uh, there was a concern that they have not met the, the, the targets, uh, all the targets. In fact, they are 30%, and that there is an issue of uh, access to healthcare uh, by uh, members. Just that, and then any other thing, and you close. Chair, uh, thank you very much. And uh, once again, thank you for the opportunity to uh, share this information with committee members. Um, <clears throat> The quarterly report we were looking at, uh, honorable members, uh, according to the presentation, it says this is preliminary information of the fourth quarter. Yeah. Uh, and I thought that in the presentation, that qualification would be explained to the committee with respect to the information that 
is contained in here? How preliminary is it and in what respect? Uh, because I think that is important. One is tempted to conclude that uh, the targets that uh, are reflected in the report where there is underachievement, uh, it is possibly one of the reasons why uh, the report is said to be preliminary. Maybe further information or additional information was not yet captured. I do not know. I'm just making an uh, assumption here. The reason being uh, that uh, if uh, it is uh, the final information, the information itself is not preliminary. Uh, the last quarter was uh, uh, notably below the performance in the other quarters. It means it was, a, it, was, it was worse compared to the other quarters in many respects. Uh, and in other areas, of course, the report says uh, we did not perform well because of uh, the COVID-19 pandemic uh, impact. Uh, uh, even though when you scrutinize the different areas of work where this is adduced as a reason for underperformance, uh, it is not very convincing because the impact uh, of the COVID-19 pandemic restrictions of movement and everything as far as our work is concerned only happened in the last week of the last quarter. Uh, the very last week of March. So it could not have been uh, the reason uh, entirely for the underperformance in the quarter that started in January. That's the first point that, that I, I wanted to make. The second point, uh, Chair, to committee members is that uh, the remarks made around the weaknesses in our planning are well-placed, uh, you know, uh, concerns and observations. There are still very uh, serious planning challenges that we will work to overcome. Um, if I may just give a sense to committee members of what I am referring to, uh, where observations and lessons registered in the previous you know, financial years, that experience does not seem to bring about improvement uh, the way the members were lamenting. Uh, <clears throat> there is a, a, an issue here that the performance indicators that we have, uh, in some areas you are not sure if right at the beginning the annual targets were properly set. Not properly set, maybe properly or fully, you know, uh, 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 discussed the implications of all the factors around those uh, performance targets. If, for instance, we look at the performance with respect to education and the issuing of bursaries as one of, for instance, the critical areas. 
the target for the year was 7,466. Uh, it would have been based on something, among others, maybe the, the baseline of the previous year's uh, um, number of recipients and the, and, and the budgets available. Um, so there is no money spent throughout the year except for uh, what then gets uh, spent at, right at the end of the financial year, which is this very last quarter, the fourth quarter. When you look at quarter one right up to quarter three, there's no money spent. So what it suggests is that uh, the, the, the number of people who were supposed to get this assistance were for in education this calendar year. 2020 calendar year and uh, the payments were therefore made only now uh, uh, in, in between January and, and the, to the end of March. And then they say the reason why there is deviation we only paid for 4,446 is because students previously funded by DMV were referred to NASFAS. Uh, there was no intake for new applicants during 2019-2020 for tertiary education. If in the plans it was not anticipated that uh, NASFAS was going to come into their plans to take over some of this, I mean, part of the population that they were supporting. If that was not the envisage, they did not see ahead to the point where this thing happened then what it means is that uh, this would have been a pleasant overachievement on their part. Because you see, the people they are targeted to assist, they've been assisted by NASFAS. But the point is they must then satisfy the committee and everyone by providing the information that indeed those who theoretically are taken care of by NASFAS actually did receive that support from NASFAS. Then they would register it. It would not be an underperformance. It would be a performance to the target, but also a saving on their part. If the NASFAS monies that they are talking about were not transfers from the department. I'm just saying the way they are planning, the planning in this uh, document uh, is, it suggests that there wasn't adequate, uh, you know, forecasting of what was going to be happening, such that uh, even where the department has actually performed well, they say it's a red there. Uh, but uh, maybe it is a red because uh, that NASFAS came in to assist is just a theoretical you know, uh, assumption that has not been verified. Uh, but that is uh, something which I just thought in relation to planning, it's an indication that we could have done better. Then there are other there is another challenge where the rate comes out of total lack of information throughout the year in all the quarters. And that lack of information may suggest inaction on important work that was supposed to be done. I'm talking performance indicators. If I may just give an example, uh, the department said uh, we will approve a policy for pensions. We will approve a policy for transport. Throughout the three quarters, there's nothing shown there. 
And at the end of the year, which is the last financial quarter, I mean, uh, the, the, the fourth uh, quarter of the financial year, what we are saying there is that uh, there is no approved policy. And the reason is because there's intense consultation, which is awaiting to be signed off. But the corrective action says policy must still be finalized. So you are not sure of exactly what is the accurate state of affairs in the areas where there is no policy. Is it because, yes, work has been done consistently throughout the year, the policies are ready, they are only waiting to be signed off, or there is still work that needs to be done around those policies? I'm just saying the integrity of information shared partly in this uh, fourth quarter report uh, is uh, it's a, a bit. Uh, it's a bit of a problem in that it does not empower members to uh, to take uh, uh, or to come up with the appropriate advices to the department as what needs to be done. The other point, which is a planning, also you know, a challenge or weakness, is with respect to the percentage of approved burial uh, claims paid within 30 days of receipt. There, the report says we have performed very well. It is green. But from a planning point, if we were looking at funding for the burial of indigent, diseased people, that funding cannot be done retrospectively. You can't bury poor, you know, poor people who are paupers, bury them by providing money after they have been buried. What I'm saying that the point that I'm making is that the target, the performance indicator should not have been approved burial claims. It should have been approved burial support, money released to bury these people, which uh, should not be subjected to the 30 days you know, payment of uh, invoices generally that applies to the supply chain. It is a different matter. So the green there if you were to go to military veterans and say the Department of Military Veterans Parliament says, with respect to bearing you uh, 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 guys, it has performed well. Obviously, there would be others who disagree and who actually would feel very provoked because indeed they had to bury people with their own monies. Monies, yes, in, they could have uh, you know, been received, but it would have been long after the difficulty of paying those people uh, were you know, grappled with uh, uh, under very you know, challenging you know, uh, situations. Um, that is by way of saying, Chair, that we need to improve planning. Uh, and it is, these are issues in terms of indicators of performance, indica indication of the financial flows throughout the year, which in this financial year, the annual performance plans that we have, these are matters that we must follow up uh, to make sure that we assist the department to marry budgets 
and planned such that in relation to some of our work, we can actually track whether work is happening or is not happening just by looking at the movement of money. But in this uh, information that we have, we are unable to marry the to the movement of money and the performance of uh, of work uh, the department must deliver on. But uh, uh, I agree that uh, uh, these are matters that will, on an ongoing basis, uh, seek to improve on. Thank you very much, uh, Chair, for the opportunity. No, no thanks uh, very much, Diem. Uh, at least um, it gives us uh, some comfort that these matters are actually attended to and that um, it, when we deal with your budget, uh, 2020, 2021, 2022, uh, at least to be moving from a cleaner slate. Um, it's work that needs to be mopped out, uh, mopped up uh, during uh, this year. In other words, um, that is tied in with uh, other issues that we have raised before that we have committed uh, the ministry to actually attending. So, because until those matters have been dealt with, uh, performance will keep on showing some weaknesses that the honorable members have actually picked up. If we, you know, we've been talking about these things over a number of months since we started meeting with this department. Until we said no, maybe we need to escalate these issues to your level. And uh, it's good that you are now uh, uh, experiencing what we have been experiencing uh, as, as, a, as a portfolio committee. But uh, with your commitment, we are happy. And uh, we're not going to say much uh, for now. We wait until uh, all the systemic issues and uh, policy issues, structural issues, and um, you know, staffing issues have been attended to. Uh, including uh, the cleaning up of this of the performance information, and uh, we hope that next year we'll start on a clean, clean slate. Uh, that's an undertaking uh, as we seem to be getting from your side. Uh, with that, colleagues, uh, thank you very much. Uh, I thank you, um, uh, General Mkweli, for your uh, interaction. And uh, I'm sure this process is, um, we've, we've all learned from uh, this process, all of us, uh, members, uh, ministry, and, uh, and, and, and yourself and the team. And, uh, and we would assist each other to navigate uh, through this difficult uh, period and until we reach a stage where we finally can say we now have a, 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 a functional um, you know, uh, a, a, a department. So far, there's been serious uh, witnesses, but these witnesses are known. With that, colleagues, thank you very much. And uh, we've reached, we've gone past our time. DM Sebonga Kulumvet for presentation. Colleagues, Sebonga, uh, the meeting is adjourned. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much. Yeah. Long live the Chair. Thank, thank you, Chair. Thank you. Sure. Thank you very much.